Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crundwell. I'm your second host, Tab London. And today, we have a very special guest, no. long, uh, often uh, <laughs> often mentioned old friend of mine. No one likes a liar, Joey. He's <laughs> uh, cut from the podcast. No, Ron Klawinski, my dear friend, uh, composer of our theme song. Uh, introduce yourself, Ron. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. What are your interests? What are your hobbies? Why are you naked? That's a loaded question. <laughs> loaded question for very many reasons. Um, I, I, I'm Ron Klawinski. Um, I. <laughs> this is so stupid. Caught off guard. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. He had no idea it was going to be on a podcast. I was like, "Hey, can you join a Zoom call real quick?" <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll just eat a sandwich real quick. And the dude, man, I am clipping so hard. I am. For the someone who like knows about recording, I'm doing the worst possible job right now. Um, yeah, I play video games and uh, I make music and um, sometimes do art stuff. That's it. I don't know. What do you want me to say, Joey? What do you want me to tell? No, about that's myself? that's that's how how big is no um, no that's <laughs> not that's very. good. You were not very. You were our <laughs> you were our phasmophobia partner. Um, I still miss our days doing that. I'm hoping we can get back to it around yeah. Halloween at the very least because we had such good times. It's coming doing up. That. October's coming up. What? So well, okay. Well, we'll get to what we're playing in a second because I'm very curious. Um, I know I think it's obvious what I've been playing, but uh, before we get to that, let's talk about some news stuff. It's been a pretty slow news week, as this time of year often is, right before E3. Um, but there's a few interesting things, I think. So Twitch posted a blog about um, uh, basically addressing hot tub streamers. It said something like, let's talk about hot, hot tub streams. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came out with uh, a new kind of mandate or direction um, saying, quote, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules and Twitch will not take enforcement action against anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. And I bring that up mostly because now I feel like I can start a stream before I felt so I was like, there's no way I can start my own channel because I'm going to get banned immediately because I'm just too hot. But now <laughs> I think it's, a, you know, it's fair game. Oh, I can, my God, Joey. I can so look forward to that, everyone. <laughs> See, I thought when you said Twitch, you were going to bring up the important thing, which was they're finally adding a bunch oh, of diversity on, tags. Man, come on! <laughs> no, here we go. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> what podcast um, no, did I just join? They um, did that as well. Um, yes. All kinds of d- diversity stuff. Uh, to the dismay of the internet, of course, absolutely. I feel like even this perceived attractiveness thing too. Like there's <laughs> the type of person who is against, quote unquote, titty streamers or hot tub yeah. streamers, is the same kind of person who doesn't want other, mm-hmm. you know, the the capital O other on on Twitch. They want people right. who are like them. So. Um, but but I think, they also have like no problem watching those streamers and being absolutely disgusted with everything that they do when they rub right. you know, oh, yeah. all that soapy yeah. water all over themselves. You know, no, they I'm, don't like I'm that in at this, all. I'm in this chat to harass. I am not in this chat, this chat for for screen captures, uh, but I'm, <laughs> right, I'm going right. to take a few just to be safe. <laughs> just a couple evidence. of Evidence. It's all evidence. <laughs> evidence. <laughs> um also playstation announced today just like i think five or six hours ago that they're going to hold a state of play on may 27th so two days from now Uh with an extensive look at horizon forbidden west gameplay (gasps) 
that's one of those things that I'm like, normally I would avoid that because I know I'm going to play the game, but I'm, Give me I'm that. very curious. Give me that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see how it looks. Ron, did you play for Horizon? I have not. I was going to say yet. Forbidden West. Uh, I have not. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm weird about games. I'll, we'll, we could talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, but no, I have not played it yet. I, it is, it is one of the games that was uh, part of the, the at home collection or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll probably get to it eventually. So it seems interesting yeah. enough. So I th- I'm really hoping the new one looks amazing because I think Horizon was one of absolutely the best looking games on the PS4. So mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that Guerrilla Games is is going to be upping the ante and giving us one of the like Resident Evil Village, I think, was a good example of like this looks like a PS5 game. So I'm really hoping the visuals for that that match up. Um, what are you hoping to see, Tab? What do you want to see in terms of gameplay? Uh, this is the the long standing comment. I, I give me some Far Cry. Um, we we know that there is some sort of like secret division project in the works, so I'm curious. I'll be curious to see if they uh, have anything for that. Um, we'll probably see some more like it's uh, Back for Blood, right? I was. Oh that, no, that no, I'm talking. I'm sorry, I'm talking. Well, oh, okay. I don't. Well, I don't know if they're ta- if they're covering other games or if they're just doing for oh, you just Horizon. Mean- that's all they said oh, was Horizon. Okay. I okay, think okay. I think it's just going to be focused on Horizon. Gotcha. I thought you just um, meant E3. I think they're probably going to be saving the. E- I don't know. I'm not. I'm just guessing. But it's. Oh god, that's still next a couple week, weeks isn't away. Is it? It's like, the weekend after okay. next week. I thought it was next week. So last week on the podcast, I was like, next the week after. <gasps> so like next week, we'll have to. I don't even know. I forgot to check with you. We'll have to come up with some interesting topic for the podcast yes, next week. But yes. um, the weekend after that is going to be E3. So the week after next That's is wild. Our, yeah, wow. is going to be our okay. our pre E3 episode. Um, but in terms of like Horizon Forbidden West, what are you what are you looking for? What do you hope to see? I want it to be pretty. It's it's going to be, though. Like, it's coming yeah. out next-gen consoles. They did a really good job with the last one. Um, I would like to see if there's going to be any differences in, like, combat. Yeah. And then maybe a little more hints. Like, I don't want, I don't want too much, though. Like, I'm going to watch it because I'm curious, but I don't want too much information. Um, maybe a few more, like, sprinkles of, like, what the story yeah. is and the characters. But... Yeah, I don't want to like dip into spoiler territory or anything. Um, yeah, because run. I mean, I mean, you can. It's fine. Like, I'll still probably play it. Uh, but it says here, uh, and uh, all captured uh, footage is directly captured off a PS5. So Damn. how it's going to look on the stream I... is how it's going to look in the game. And I feel like they they say that knowing that people are going to be wall guying suspicious. It yeah, so uh, they're going to be kill zone. Yeah, so th- I think they're going to be that's that's a good sign. Um, the last article, like I said, it's been a pretty slow news week, but Kotaku had an article they just published this this week. Uh, it was a video actually called "The Worst and Not So Bad Video Game Movies," and there were three worst video game movies. Two of those worst video game movies were "Alone in the Dark" and "Blood Rain." So <laughs> surprisingly, not postal, but uh, <laughs> because it's no. a good movie, we'll talk about that later. Oh God, don't! Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The preview. So before we get into that that mess, <laughs> um, what have you guys been playing, Tab? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I tried getting into <laughs> Mass Effect. Uh, Legendary Edition. Um, 
I just, I'm not feeling the first Mass Effect. And I know that that's like a sin among gamers, but there's just something about the combat and the movement. And I really struggle with going back and playing older games. Um, like we were talking about before, it's, is it 13 years old? 14, I think. 14. Yeah. yeah it's just, ah, I'm struggling to get into it, but that's really the only thing that I um, played over the past week. Would you, would you say though, in your experience that you know, because like you said, it does feel like an older game. That was one of the things that hit me when I started was I was like, ooh, the level design in particular, it yeah. feels very like corridory and that like that kind of thing. But does that 14 year thing surprise you? Like, does it feel like a like that old in terms of visuals and, and stuff like that? You asked me that knowing that it looks a hell of a lot better. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. No, is it I, does look like uh, they refer to it as a, re a remaster. Yeah. Right. It looks pretty good. Like, I was actually surprised at how good it looks. But for me, I don't know how else to put this, but it also has to, like, feel right. Yeah, I think for me, like, it, there was a, a little bit of an initial shock. And I think that's where some of the discord came for me was, like, it looks mm. great. It looks mm -hmm. amazing in terms of how they've they've upresed it and it sounds great and all that kind of stuff. But it did take a, a little while to get used to the level design and some of the assets just being right. like all the chests look the same essentially and mm -hmm. and that kind of thing like it feels like an old game like you said the feel of it yeah part of me like i haven't given up on it yet but there was a small part of me that was like maybe i should just go to the second one because everyone's telling me that that's the one that's like brilliant yeah if you don't like the second one then i feel like you probably just, just a would, failed gamer. Really like yeah, yeah. So. um but you liked andromeda though so that's that's interesting to me because i would say that yeah. mass effect 2 is a better game objectively <laughs> i love andromeda i think i'm I, it's been getting a lot of kind of revisiting now and people are being like oh yes. it wasn't that bad no fucking shit yeah. But, um, but we said that at the time right and that's the thing is like <laughs> people get so caught up in like the current discourse and the current like what is everyone saying? And I and I to this day I still I get angry when stuff like that happens. But it does. It affects how people, you know, talk about games. Like if if the consensus is this game is broken, even if you haven't played it, that's what gets passed on, and that's how these games get these reputations. And then like days gone, and people go back and revisit them, and they're like, oh, this isn't as bad as everyone says. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do like that 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 game is getting. I feel like Dragon Age Inquisition has a similar arc where it came out and. Yeah, oh. uh, it came out at the same time I think as The Witcher Three, and of course, comparatively, wasn't as as strong of a game or well liked, and so it became oh, this is the shitty version of The Witcher Three. But but I think people are revisiting it. Ron, you played, you tried to play Mass Effect back in the day, didn't you? I did, and I bounced hard off of it, so I just <laughs> I could not get into it. I have I'm a not weird. The only one. No, you're not the only one. I have a hard time with sci-fi stuff. That's my problem. Is I. Uh, as I get older, I realize, like, I really didn't like that stuff for the most part. Like, I don't care for Star Wars anymore. I know that probably hurts Joey a lot, but he knows that. It, a little bit. You, We saw I, episode I mean, one together. Yeah, in the I know. Theater. And, you know, looking back on that now, that was a mistake. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I, I still, I'll, I'll watch them, but it's, I don't have the same reverence that I once did have for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, like even probably the only like kind of sci-fi stuff that I like is like Star Trek Next Generation. And that's probably and that more so probably has to do with the fact that like I used to watch it with my grandfather all the time. So it's a little yeah. more of a personal thing rather than I mean, but it's also a really good show. I do enjoy the acting in it and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, no, I, 
the first Mass Effect. I I tried I tried and I played it for a couple hours and I just it wasn't for me. So I I remember I started playing it and I was talking about it and then not long after you were like I think I'm gonna try it and I was so excited I was like oh my this doesn't seem like your kind of game and then like you were right later, I was like hey you were like yeah no um I'm good um well one of us loves it okay I've been playing it I'm almost done with it and uh, <laughs> I. I I'm clo- I'm very close to the end. I've been I, the I the, my approach this time has been very different than in the past. Like my first time playing it, I was very much like playing the story, and like oh I have this side mission that seems important. I'm going to prioritize it. Now I'm playing it very methodically. I'm just going from system to system, exploring like every planet, scanning, landing, looking for stuff, because I've already played the story. So I don't feel like the same kind of urgency of like oh I gotta save the universe kind of thing. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm I, I'm surprised by how short it is. It's a much shorter game than I remember. I want to say I'm I'm close to 25 hours, and I'm I'm pro- I'm gonna get the platinum probably as soon as I finish the game. So like you can do a completionist run of this game in like 40 le- or less hours. So it's it's much shorter than I remember. But um, I'm I'm just really excited for Mass Effect two and three. Um, what have you been playing, Ron? So you have obviously you haven't been playing Mass Effect. What have yeah, you been no, playing? Yeah, no, I play good games. Like, um, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, so uh, let's see. A couple weeks ago, I finished Control. I finally got to actually play that. Um, that game is really good. I really like that game. You guys need to play it so we can talk about that game. It's um, on my summer list. It's 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 it's, it's good. It's uh, it's not too terribly long. Uh, I took my time in it and did a lot of the side stuff. I did uh, one of the expansions, the uh, Alan Wake expansion. Uh, oh. for it uh, I need to do the foundation one still um, I played that and uh, I actually started playing Wreckfest again because uh, that was one of the free games for uh, the PS Plus this month uh, so what is that? that is uh, the Bugbear game that is the people who made like Flat Out and Flat Out 2 mm. like old uh, Demolition Derby racing games uh, Wreckfest is a demolition race racing game it's a, it's a nice game to just like kind of pick up and um uh just mess around with for a couple hours and put down and do something else like watch bad movies um <laughs> the physics in it are really really impressive and uh it runs really really smoothly on a ps5 and looks really good i had it for pc and i played it for a little while but the pc i had uh, initially before i got this one uh kind of ran shitty on so then when i got this one i played a little bit more but uh didn't didn't get into it like I did now so and I also just recently got in back into cookie clicker which is an idle game um yeah thank you Andrea for that <laughs> uh I will be blowing a bunch of hours just letting my computer idle <clears throat> so yeah idle games are pretty great what else uh what else what else I don't think I've been playing anything else really and just hopping on GTA online occasionally just to show you how to spin the wheel i also i for, i forgot to i hey hey i showed you how to spin the wheel don't don't yeah ha, hold right. on a yeah. second we mm-hmm. we probably explain this real no, quick so no no no, no explanation uh, no fact checking in gta 5 run, spin the wheel that's it i show you how to do it that's how it's done i show you how to spin the wheel um no legitimately you tried to show me so ron knows an exploit um, for the the wheel in the casino in GTA 5 online so there's this wheel it's called the lucky wheel you can go into the casino and spin every day once a day um, and you have a chance of winning a car 
you can also win a shirt or some money or some experience and all these other things. But there's a, a small chance that you'll win the podium car that changes every week as well. And at one point, Ron was legitimately showing me some exploit for how to win the car. You have to kind of, I, I don't remember. It doesn't, doesn't really matter too much. But the reason he was showing me was because I kept leaving him these things of like, I'm going to, or he would like show me a video of him spinning the wheel. And I was like, I'll show you how it's done later. First time, first try. And um, I, I eventually started sending him videos and I was not getting it. Um, but every time I would do it, I'd be like, see, first try. And so now I leave him these videos where I'm telling him how to do it. I'm like, okay, so you walk up to the wheel, you press right on the D-pad, and then you press X to accept, and you have to spin the camera around three times. Don't don't spin it too far, just three times really quick, and then spin the wheel. Um, and you'll and I always lose. Every fucking time I lose, but I'm like, and that's how you do it. <laughs> and so, so then he'll I've, send me a I've video been, back. Yes, yeah. I've been doing it back and also spinning the wheel and losing and being like oh that's how it's done so. yeah and i'm like no god you, you didn't look over at the lucky lady in the oh, yellow jacket shit. okay yeah, um, up. one of these days we're gonna win though yeah i mean i've gotten <laughs> so close every, like so many times i'm like the last two times it was yeah, the one uh, right next to it i'm just like god i just want to get it so i can just <laughs> be done with this dumb fucking joke that i can swear on this thing right yeah that's right yeah <laughs> we'll we'll beep it out later okay, um sweet. And we're going to overdub it with with the word fuck is going to be like, oh, perfect. yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, uh, actually, that's something I didn't mention in the news. Rockstar announced that. Well, you mentioned this last week, Tab, that GTA 5 online mm-hmm. or GTA 5 is coming to the next gen systems in September. Yeah. Uh, I saw that it was free for the first three months. If you own GTA 5 on PS4 for the first three months, you can download the uh, ps5 version of gta 5 no it's okay. the first um, it's just gta online you oh, can you'll okay. get gta online for free for the first three okay. months oh you okay. have so to like still they... buy the base game if you want to play the base game and beyond playing on i'm assuming they'll probably do something like they did with red dead where they will charge a you know nominal fee after or like a you know a small fee for um yeah the initial launch and then make it a full 20 dollars i'm a, i'm assuming that when they yeah. do release this uh, expanded edition, it's not going to be a $60 game. I don't think it will be because I have a feeling that they're going, they may break out piecemeal online and GTA 5 or GTA online. Right. Um, I don't know though, 100%, but I hope it's not a $60 game because I'm still going to buy it because I'm an idiot. I was going to say, I. Right. <laughs> And the, the online thing for me is great because I have been wanting to buy the digital edition. But GTA, uh, Rockstar, it's so fucking annoying. If you buy any of the like bonus content online, any of the packages, you cannot buy the digital version because the digital version comes, any digital version you can find on the PlayStation Store comes with something else like, you know, you know, uh, what is the money called? Uh, in a pro- criminal the enterprise edition or... yeah. They all come with in-game money, and so GTA doesn't want you getting that like discounted in-game money. So because I bought the Criminal Enterprise Pack, I can't buy the digital version because it all comes with some other stuff that they don't you, want to... But you should already have the digital version then, right? It didn't come with the Criminal Enterprise Pack. Really? You sure? Mm-hmm. Positive, yeah. Um, when I go to it, it says unavailable. 
so oh, I can't. Okay. I have to pop the disc in every time. So I'll, it'll be great to have just the online version, like I do with Red Dead, installed. Never have to worry about changing discs. I'm, I'm trying to stuff. think of how I bought the digital version then, because I could have swore I bought it because of the Criminal Enterprise pack. I could have swore that's why I bought it. It was I'm like, oh, it's cheap. It comes with this, and I can get the digital version, not have to put the disc in anymore. I thought I remember you buying the digital version first because it was on sale, and then later you were like, oh, the the discount on the Criminal Enterprise pack is great. You should get it. So I thought maybe you bought the digital yeah, version maybe. first. And then... I don't... It's been a while. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some delicious, wonderful, Content. greatest of all time movies here. Yeah. So uh, what we did for this podcast, if you missed it last week, is we watched, for some reason, I don't know whose idea this was, <laughs> three Uwe, Uwe, sorry, Uwe. I was saying his name wrong last week. I was saying Uwe. It's Uwe. As as clarified in the film Postal, which he had a cameo in, um, Uva Boll is a director. He's a German film director who has made a number of video game adaptations, including three of the ones we're watching today: Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, Postal. He also did Dungeon Siege. Uh, he did a Dungeon Siege movie. He did a Far Cry movie. Um, I've seen both of those. I know you've seen Far Cry Tab. Have you seen any mm-hmm. other Uva Boll movies, Ron? No. Uh, no, I have, uh, these, these are the only ones that I have seen. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't watch bad movies. <laughs> but we, well, you were the one that turned me on to him back in the day, I want to say. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm... No, that was just the internet in general. That was just the internet at large at that time. <laughs> yeah. But we were, yeah. We, we were, were both... Dumb. In it, in it. Yeah, we were, we were dumb. We, I, I don't even remember. I thought we watched one together way back in the day, but maybe... Maybe I'm misremembering, but he's he's done a number of video game movies. They're notoriously bad. Um, he part of the re, uh, that one of the most notable things about him is that he gets Hollywood actors to be in these films, big time Academy Award nominated and winning actors to be in these movies, and they come out so quickly at the time. And people were like, "How does this keep happening?" And I I meant to look this up, I didn't. The rumor was always that. He, he makes a joke about it in Postal that he was, like, financed by Nazi gold. That's not... Obviously, that's ridiculous. But the truth is that there's something having to do with the German Ministry of Film or the German Film Commission or something where he gets these grants or these huge tax breaks for making films. He's He doesn't film them in Germany, though. I thought he did. They're mostly a, a filmed couple, in a Canada. Couple, a couple of them are filmed in Germany, uh, but only, por- like, small portions, not, like, everything. I think Blood right. Rain. I think parts of Blood Rain were filmed in Germany. Yes, Germany and the United States. Oh, I had Romania. That's the cast, the castle, says. the castle scene. Like one of the castles is like one of the famous okay. castles in Germany. Andrea pointed that out. I'm like, oh, okay, gotcha. yeah, I I know that. <laughs> um, so he gets some kind of I don't I don't I don't know how it works exactly, but he gets some kind of giant tax break. The actors get big tax breaks and stuff. So there's some kind of weird financial incentive going on because the movies are so bad that people were like how did you get ben kingsley academy award winning ben kingsley in your Gandhi. fucking movie right he uh, <laughs> he had won his academy award well before he was in blood rain and somehow and we'll we'll talk about that when we get there but um so that's that's uva bowl he's he's contentious um, he's very much a showman. He makes big deals. He goes on these big press tours and he'll talk to anyone and everyone about the movies before they come out. Um, he, Ron, you can probably speak to this. I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but you watched some of the videos of him boxing his critics. 
So when Postal came out, yeah, that- he challenged his critics to boxing matches, um, and he was—they were supposed was to be before, in the film. Be- they got cut. It was. It was actually supposed to be before Postal because that was because they make reference to it in the movie. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be stuff. included. It was the yeah. film. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's right. The, yeah, the matches were supposed to be included in the film. They got cut. Or, I think they're like yeah. on the extra features or something like that. Yeah, that's but, where um, I was watching that. But <sighs> okay, so I guess we'll just go in chronological order um, <laughs> and start with Alone in the Dark. So, yeah. Alone in the Dark. Hold on, let me get my my stupid notes up. I'm yeah, so mad that I spent get... so much time on this. Oh, I got I got I got a full page of notes here. You this makes good for. A, <laughs> I pulled out some audio. favorite quotes from the movie. So I, oh, I have a, be good. I have a couple too. I think. So Alone in the Dark came out in 2005, directed by Uva Bull, of course, uh, starring Christian Slater, Tara Reid, and Stephen Dorff. Now, of course, I would say none of these are what people would call A-list actors at this point in time. But at that point in time, they were bigger names. Tara Reid had just come off the American Pie movies. Um, It's Tara Reid, I think. Uh, Stephen Dorff and Christian Slater, you know... Again, they were they had sort of slipped from their their spotlight at that point in time, but they were still pretty big, recognizable names. Um, a synopsis of the movie from IMDb is: Edward Carnby, played by Christian Slater, detective of the paranormal, unexplained and supernatural, investigates a mystery: the recent death death of a friend, with clues leading to Shadow Island that brings him face to face with bizarre horrors that prove both psychologically and dis- disturbing and lethal as he discovers that evil demons worshipped by an ancient culture called the Abscani are planning on coming back to life in the 21st century to once again take over the world. And only he and a young genius anthropologist, played by Tara Reid, with an incredible memory and his ex-girlfriend, Aline Sedrak, uh, wait, wait, no, wait, hold on, young genius anthropologist. Oh, Maybe that's, who is that? This is terribly... Young genius anthropologist, that's, that's her, isn't it? That's her, right? This is just a well, bad who's... synopsis from... Oh. This is just very poorly written, yeah. So she is a young genius anthropologist with an incredible memory and his ex-girlfriend, and her name is Aline Sedrak, stand in their way at the gateway to hell. Standing in Carmby's way, however... So two things are standing in his way? Come on, man, who wrote this? However, is the impact that a brief encounter with an evil spirit called the Queen had upon his mind as he slowly finds himself overpowered by the forces of darkness as they eat away at his very sanity. This is... That I didn't love this synopsis because of that last part. I'm like, I don't remember that part of the movie. <laughs> Granted, I blacked out a lot watching these movies. There were so many times where I literally found my brain just wandering. I'm the type of person that I don't like checking my phone. I don't like when people talk during movies. I got to pay attention. And I literally lost chunks of time during these movies because my brain would just like <laughs> shut down. So maybe that happened at some point. But yeah. um, the game, or the movie is based on a 1992 PC game called Alone series. in the Dark. Series, series. specifically. Right. The first, it, it was actually based on the third game, but we'll get to that in a second. The first game was uh, on PC in 1992, developed by Infogrames, published by Interplay in North America. Uh, the plot involves, so this is where I think people were a little confused. The plot for the original game involves the death of a mysterious man who, rumor had it, dabbles in the dark arts. He commits suicide in this massive, creepy mansion, and the player can choose the role of Edward Carnby from the movie, paranormal investigator, or Emily Hartwood, the man's niece, as they investigate the haunted mansion and encounter zombies and rat-like creatures and other horrors. It was heavily inspired by the stories of Poe and H.P. Lovecraft, so very much more of like a spooky, explore a big old mansion kind of game. What the movie is based on is the third game, Alone in the Dark uh, 2, 
third the third game alone in the dark 2 which came out a year later in 1993 which was more action oriented there were a lot of firearms um and the series was refreshed with alone in the dark the new nightmare in 2001 which came out for playstation pc dreamcast game boy color uh, and was heavily inspired by resident evil um that game in particular alone in the dark the new nightmare was was where there's a lot of overlap with the story i'll, I'll try to cut it short but um edward carnby carnby's best friend and partner charles fisk has been found dead off the coast of shadow island a mysterious island near the coast of massachusetts Car carnby's investigation quickly leads him to frederick johnson who informs him of three ancient tablets and the ability to unlock an incredible and dangerous power blah 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 um the movie had a reported budget of 20 million dollars and made 12 million dollars worldwide 12.7 so it was it was a flop but you know not, not a terrible flop It'll get worse. Um, spoiler <laughs> alert. So that's that's the film. Um, what did you guys think? My favorite part is the fact that um, they were going to make the fifth game based off this movie, realized how bad it was, and then changed the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Originally, according to this, there was supposed to be a tie-in, uh, tie and then they delayed the game and reworked it entirely from scratch. Hmm. A very expensive costly mistake trusting Uvable <laughs> yeah. to do something something you'd want to make your make a game off of it wasn't as bad as i remembered i i saw this in theaters and i literally wanted to get up and walk out but it, <laughs> because <laughs> i think imagine paying full price to see this in the theater like that's yeah. a very different yeah. experience than watching it on amazon prime at home you know um yeah it, it was of the three, the easiest, quote-unquote, to get through. Um, but I also had periods where I totally blacked out. Um, just on, from, like, a technical level, like, there was so much exposition in the beginning. Like, a, holy shit. A minute shit. and 30 seconds <laughs> to start the movie. You have, yeah. to, you have to set all this stuff up by telling us. It's a fucking movie. It's a show, yeah. not tell. Why are you yeah. spending a minute and a half? <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark? Like, oh my god. And like <laughs> even that voiceover There's... was like really bad. Like they couldn't right? get someone like it's a voiceover. They could do multiple takes and like that that whole take was just so god. bad. Like Don't, <laughs> don't want to give it another shot? Yeah. No, okay, good. We don't have enough tape. All right, cool. <laughs> But the the dialogue was flat. It was horrible. I mean, that whole line of like, they say a sunken ship is like a grave. Like, wow. wow. Did they say that? <laughs> wow. What a what a revelation. <laughs> I, I need to pull out one of these quotes that yeah, come out later on in the movie. Uh, oh. The the hidden the, the secret message in the in the in the secret underground temple whatever the fuck it was mm -hmm. uh once you make it down here alive you're already dead <laughs> <laughs> and like as an actor can you imagine getting that in the script you're like i can't how do i deliver this that's why they had tara reed do it how that's why they had tara reed do uh, it. <laughs> tara reed man i when i went into it i was like giving her the benefit of the doubt i was like okay she plays like this dumb ditzy blonde in these other movies um but like give her a chance like she can do it i don't know if it, i'm not gonna blame her because uva bowl is a terrible director but like she was not a convincing genius scientist i mean the entire time she's dressed like a 14 year old girl um 
and, and again, I'm not not to say that like women can't both be pretty and smart, but they focused more on her appearance by far than her lines. She pronounces what does she pronounce wrong? She pronounced something. Hold on, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, there was something. Um, uh, well, you're looking that up. Uh, Christian Slater is really bad. <laughs> I don't know. Is he always been that bad? Like, did we just like give him the benefit of doubt because he was like an '80s actor and like that's what the right. time was, or like, is he always just been like a shitty actor? Is this he definitely is just my my opinion? But he was slightly worse than Nor- like he is normally <laughs> kind of like a he he delivers his lines very similarly in most of the movies that I've seen, including The Wizard. Um, which I, you know, oh he was great for that movie. <laughs> God, he's um, but he's very much a, a you get what you pay for kind of actor. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. he's always kind of the the person that he's, he's Christian Slater in most movies. And so I wasn't super surprised by his performance in this. Yeah. But then like in combination, there was zero chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely none. It was in the negative. None. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they're exes. That's why they're exes, because there was no chemistry. <laughs> um, but I feel like there was supposed to be chemistry of like, will they, won't they? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. they won't. They just yeah, won't, right. you know. Um, another thing. So the movie is Alone in the Dark. And I, to be fair to them, hadn't played any of the games. So I was aware of them. But like when you tell me that a movie is like inspired by Resident Evil or like the game series is inspired by Resident Evil and it's a survival horror, I was expecting horror. The game mm-hmm. opens with a car chase and the cliche like crashing through a fruit stand and like Christian Slater's like laying on the ground and he does this like guile knife kick from a laying position in an also, by the way, in an ice factory. What was that place? Are there ice factories or where they produce giant I'd, blocks of ice? I don't even. Oh no, that was the, the fish market. That was at the fish market. So they, you know, right, at but, a fish at a fish. Well, at a fish market, like you know, they they have all the fish out. They have to put it on ice, so they yeah. have these huge chunks of ice and they break it down. So yeah, there's basically just probably a giant like vat or like a warehouse where they just produce chunks of ice. So that's not far fetched. Christian Slater being a good actor is very far fetched. <laughs> This movie being good is very far-fetched. Um, that, well, like yeah, that, I, that I, thing, though, like God, he's I laying totally on black- his back. Mm-hmm. And he just like flips o- around. Like, I mean, I don't care how good your core strength is. There's no way. He doesn't use his arms or anything. He just like floop and kicks the it's guy a, like. It's a movie, Joey. <sighs> it's also. Well, we're going to no, be saying that it, a lot because. Uh, yeah. I on, Honestly, I completely forgot about that scene. And I only watched that movie like two weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, that was not part of my That's notes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I watched two movies last night, and I'm g- we're going to get to Blood Rain and Postal, and I'm going to be like, oh, shit, that happened? Because uh, I literally just kept blanking out. The notes I do have are um, the uh, Shaggy from the uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Gang uh, being the taxi driver, who is also a very experienced getaway driver, apparently, who's able to do all mm-hmm. these fancy turns and uh, all that stuff. And then, like get freaked out when someone pulls a gun on him like wait a minute hold on you just did all this crazy shit like you've never done this before and you're also not high okay yeah absolutely Um, and can we talk about christian slater's jacket which looks goofy as hell with his like big buttons like i feel like conceptually (laughs) it looked you know probably looked fine and then they put it on him and it's like i look like i'm dressing up in my dad's clothes you know (laughs) he he planned on getting like and it should have been called uh, alone in the bright 
<laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's the demons that are inside him that are it, alone in the dark. There's only the one demon in there. He uh, needs more demons. It was so. Him. It just wasn't scary. It was so. It was an action film. Like there, like I was supposed to be scared of these terribly animated CG lizard creature things. One of my notes is um, uh, butt metal shootout, which is that uh, hard rock shootout scene where it's just them on a black background doing all those Matrix cuts. Uh, well, that was that was terrible. There's um, a scene like that in Far Cry. There's a scene like that with swords in Blood Rain. There's a scene like that mm-hmm. in Postal. I feel like I started seeing trends in his movies and stupid, over the top, terribly animated. Because one of the things that, and we'll get to this in Blood Rain too, is like you can tell that he's bad at directing because when someone does something like shoots someone or throws a knife into them. They show the anime, or they show like the movement of the actor getting ready to throw the knife, and then the camera like goes really fast, and then it cuts to someone with a knife already in them. And it's like we don't see the throw, we don't see it impact or anything. It's like such an amateur move. Like, how do we convince the audience mm-hmm. that they really shot this guy or stabbed him in the face with a knife? It's like we'll show them throwing it, and then we'll just quickly cut over, and there will be a knife in the guy's eye. It's like that's. <sighs> Yeah, one of the one of the directorial cuts here I have is the weird cut from the ship to Christian Slater, then back to the ship because it was like the the like this the like the the scene on the ship and they're all like you know the stuff's happening or like getting ready to happen. And then Christian Slater like it just cuts to him just sitting in his like little like laboratory <laughs> thing and like the music just like cuts and it's just silence and then it cuts back to this dramatic part in the ship. Like, wait, did did they just fuck up? Did this movie skip or something? Uh, that was really bad cut. Sorry, Tab, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no. One of my um, favorite little snippets from a review that I read was, um, little of Alone in the Dark makes earthly sense, but at least it knows how to be bad in original ways. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think for me, well, well, we'll talk about this at the end when we talk about just our general overall takeaways of his movies. Um <laughs> So we'll get to that, but the another thing, and it's hard—it's hard not to connect these already because, like, well, I would note something bad about Alone in the Dark, and then I'd see it again in Blood Rain, mm-hmm. and I'd see it again in Postal, and like the sex scene that happens. Um, <laughs> I think which, I have a note in the Blood Rain one for that. <laughs> the, well, my note for this one, for <laughs> there's a song playing, and the lyrics are like seven seconds away that's what they keep that's like the chorus i'm like is that on purpose because i mean it seems like it's on purpose but it's not speaking very well to christian slater's character um but like the sex scene out of nowhere it felt very much like an old cinemax movie that you'd watch at like midnight where it's like there's a sex scene out of nowhere and you're watching a Cinemax movie at midnight. So you kind of welcome it, but it's like, it doesn't make any sense in the story. It's not very convincing or very well done. It's just, there's no narrative reason for it. And like, I'm, I'm very sex positive. I've already hinted at that in some of my discussions about video games I've played, but in terms of like story and art and filmmaking, like there should still be a justification for it. And like, in the 80s and 90s in particular, you kind of knew you were watching a bad movie if there was an out-of-nowhere sex scene. And this is in the 2000s. So, like, I think Uva Bowl was, like, a huge film fan in the 80s and 90s. And he's like, I know how to make a movie now. I'll just make it like these movies. And it's like, 
no man we don't do that anymore well most most good people don't do that anymore <laughs> um, i wonder what how he what is he doing does he i don't want to ask that, that well, he's well, returning well, to films good i'm glad good for he him he had his run with the restaurant business and now he's returning to films he announced that in 2020 so just to make 2020 worse and it's the restaurant business he was in the re- can you imagine yeah. going to his restaurant and you're like excuse me can you can you take this back i asked for a steak and you gave me a turd and he comes out and he's like i'll fight you <laughs> if, if he fights you, so the meal is, is free if he fights you the meal is free if you can last 30 seconds in the ring against uva bowl and that's I how he went out went... of business that's how he's getting out of it he's like i went bankrupt because <laughs> everyone was fighting me and shit <laughs> um, oh, see. i almost uh, looked it up like his restaurants, but I, I stopped myself. So, yeah, no fact checking, no fact checking this podcast <laughs> except for the, the stuff that's right in front of me right now. Um, let's see, what are the? Uh, I had some other dumb notes here. Um, the nosy ass security guard uh, in the beginning of the movie that's asking her about her her ex boyfriend and all that yeah. stuff. That dude was a creepy. And then the scene with him and the delivery guy that was completely unnecessary. Um, it just kept going on and like the delivery guard just or the delivery guard <laughs> I was about to call the delivery guard an idiot but apparently I am um, the delivery guy was a complete idiot and then that scene just kept going on and on and on and on speaking of going on and on that fucking why did they show so much of them prepping for that big battle at the end like when the when the darkness when the monsters all rush out and they fight them they they go through and they're showing everyone preparing they're showing this lady testing one of the one of the lady soldiers testing this gun that's supposed to be like motion activated and it's lady not even soldier. fucking accurate she's she's like moving her hand and it's supposed to be like following her hand and it's not doing a very good job uh and like i'm like oh okay so they're gonna set up all these like booby traps for the thing so that when the when the fucking thing moves the gun's gonna shoot at them no the thing things just show up and they all just start shooting well because 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 that zombie dude that oh my god what is that okay that was one of you guys apparently (laughs) um that was there's just a really loud sound all of a sudden we'll maybe cut that out or leave that in that'll be (laughs) fun for the audience at home um it's like an uva bowl movie exactly just cut out of nowhere um the uh the they they that just shows how overwhelmed they were when that zombie dude that was helping out the Christian Slater character I can't remember his name um uh, and the Tara Reed character you know the guy that gave him all the hints and then the one dude came and took his soul over or whatever the fuck he did and then he blew up the thing I totally lost my point there <laughs> see like, that's what happened to me yep. watching the movies I'm like. <laughs> oh man I have a problem with this scene and then I'd black out and come back and be like why are they doing this I don't remember I just, it just um, everyone just got murked like immediately like there was like no chance of survival and it's just like except except uh, fucking Steven Dorff's character at the end who somehow survived the explosion but it killed all the monsters and it blow it blew up like you see out of the hole like like this huge force and he he said it for fucking five seconds I think right yeah and and like he could have said it for ten it. he could have said it for ten minutes and got out of there but now yeah. five seconds I'm gonna take a dive and just hope this works right and it's not even like the movie thing where it's like well you know when they cut away you have to imagine no 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 he said it for five it starts counting down then we see him pick it up throw it run through a doorway run down a hall like there's no fucking way he would have been dead it would have blown up well he should have been dead because it that. blew a fucking hole out the you know tunnel that it was coming out of 
but the, like the fa- like they could have just showed his body at the end there and then maybe see it twitch but no they actually like show him like get up almost yeah. and it's like that's not that's not cool that's that's a bad way to set it up for the sequel <laughs> for the sequel I, and there was a sequel too there, unfortunately i think I, weren't there two I think so. Well, there was two to Blood Rain. I don't know about Alone in the Dark, but I'm, there was... I'm, I'm fact-checking this, even though I said no fact-checking. Uh, there was also talking. a scene where... So, speaking of... There was this very sexy lady soldier that was, like, following them around because another trend that we see is that Uva Bowl likes to just have sexy actresses and they're just there for, for some reason. But he's like, well, she's not a main character, so we have to kill her. So they go down that, like... That, like... There's, like, that trap where they go down into the the subterranean area and they're going through like the well and there's that that big column that's going to come down and squish them and they get to the bottom and they all all the actors half-heartedly jump off the the ladder it's like a little two two foot jump and they like land and they oh they're safe from the big thing or whatever um and then that hot soldier lady is hurt for some reason and they're like and, and steven dorf is like keep pressure on her leg like what happened like wait so did she like sprain her ankle? Because that wasn't a very long jump. I think, and she, I don't see any like wounds. I think she hit one of the spikes when she jumped. I think that oh, was the okay. thing. Honestly, oh. I don't fucking remember either. Like, I just remember she got hurt and then she died. And she remember. just died. Yeah, I, I don't remember like, how she died. Didn't did something here? Didn't some shoot? No, I have no I, idea. I don't. Remember. She died of being in a bad movie. She died of dysentery. <laughs> Might as well. Um. um then, then, oh, the, then there was also the, you know, where is everybody? Where did everybody go? They're at Arby's scene where the they're walking <laughs> through the streets with nobody there. Somehow they evacuated the entire city in a matter of, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes. Convenient. <laughs> and then fuck motherfucking Nightwish to close it out with that credit sequence. I'm in love with my <laughs> lust, burning angel wings to oh, dust. God, that's that so... Was, that was the... That, so... My coworker who doesn't listen to this podcast uh, really likes Nightwish and plays Nightwish radio, and that song comes out a lot. And it's so fucking awful. And I had no clue that that song was in the movie. So when I heard it, I just immediately cringed and almost shut it off. At that point, it took me to, it took me to the credits scene <laughs> I almost, that I almost, I almost shut the movie off. I like. Wait, so did you watch the credits? Because I shut the movie off. Like when I hit credits, I'm like, "That's it." I'm I, not think, I, th- I, yeah. I think I think I we just let the credits run because we were just okay. like chit chatting at the end of it. Yeah, really? Andrea gotta, hated that movie. Gotta by be the thorough. way, her her view is two thumbs way down. Um, well, another inconsistency is that early on they very clearly established that like these creatures are creatures of darkness and and any any light they're like will injure and kill them and then later on they're running around in the light in like the broad daylight like what what the fuck how does mm-hmm. that how does that happen what else i feel like i'm jumping around all of any anything else that um my final thought on it is that there's something weird and problematic about inventing a native tribe that uses advanced technology and then that culture just like dies out and it's like the convenient backstory. Of course, yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah, there's lots of, I mean, it's going to get worse when we get to Postal, but there's oh, yeah. lots of like oh, cultural yeah. insensitivity. Um, and it, it, and like you said, it's invented. It's like you can't even use a real myth, which would have been bad anyway, but like you're like basically saying that these primitive people 
are what like dangerous and mysterious and yeah that's that was not cool yeah there's a lot of things that blew out the movie that weren't cool <laughs> a little small thing was when um I think it was uh, Christian Slater's character had like this big 50 cal machine gun and he's like shooting it and it's like doo, 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 and it's slow motion of course and like all these shell casings are flying out of it and again this is small a lot of people probably wouldn't have noticed it the shell casings are very obviously for blanks because a shell casing for an actual round of ammunition is just straight the shell casing is just but for a, mm-hmm. for a a blank it's crimped at the end because you basically you don't have um a slug at the end you don't have a little piece of lead that's going to be projected out so they they fill all of the gunpowder in the casing and then they crimp the end so that when you shoot it it ignites and it blows the gunpowder and there's a big sound and a flash but there's nothing that comes out and all of the shell casings that are coming out are all crimped and they're in slow motion and close up and it's like (laughs) so you're just showing us that these are blanks that's Cool, I mean, I it's guess. it's a movie, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is that is that the last of my? Is it though? Is, actually, is, is it the last of my important notes? Let's see. Um, oh, the uh, quote. Uh, I have to take a trip down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say when I go take a duke. Um, <laughs> any any closing thoughts? How if we had to rate Alone in the Dark out of ten? <laughs> Wait, is it from alone in the dark to ten? Or <laughs> <laughs> I would well, rate I it alone know. in the dark. <laughs> I I feel like my rating might change if I had seen it and rated it originally, or like even before watching Blood Rain and and Postal. I think I'd be like, "Ooh, that bar just keeps dropping." Like, how do you how do you get lower than like I'd probably give this like a two out of ten, maybe maybe three if I'm feeling generous. I yeah. wouldn't have watched it um, unless I had to. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I had I had zero interest in seeing this movie when it came out because uh, I had no reverence for the game. So it was just I. It was bad. Um, I would probably give it also a two, just for the comedic factor of some of it. Some of it, not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So Same. I might give it a three just so I can give one a two and then the next one. That's one, exactly so it. Gonna... Right. That's what I'm saying. You can like, give I, I... you can give zero. Zero is a number. Zero All is right. still a number. <laughs> Negative is a theoretical number, so <laughs> All right, two. there. Um All right, so so shall we move on to Blood Rain, which also came out in two thousand five. In I think it had a, a a worldwide release in January of two thousand six, but its initial release was also in 2005. People, think about that. That's two movies by the same director in one year. And it also had a much bigger cast. It, it had, had like yes. it had a huge mm-hmm. fucking cast. I'll just go like Michael Madsen, Billy Zane, uh, mm-hmm. Meatloaf, Michelle Rodriguez, and then as we talked about, Sir Ben Kingsley, Mr. Gandhi yep. himself, Mr. Gandhi. Christa- what? Christa- <laughs> Kristana Loken. Um, so Kristana Loken was coming hot off of Terminator 3. She was kind of a new hot name in Hollywood. That's Same who, thing okay. with Michelle Rodriguez, up and coming. Um, Billy Zane was pretty well established. Meatloaf was, Meatloaf. this was, I think, I think it was post Fight Club, wasn't it? Fight Club was 03, 04, maybe? I'm, I'm, I'll right, so this was Ryduck coming off of his, his 
acclaimed you know run in that movie or appearance in that movie ben kingsley had already won his academy award um 99 sorry 99 oh yeah so well after that um meatloaf isn't necessarily known for his acting but of course again fight club really kind of reminded people that he can act um but but yeah it had like you said it had this incredible cast uh it had a slightly bigger budget at 25 million so let me just go back and remind just i just want to keep track of this stuff so alone in the dark had a budget of 20 million and made 12.7 million right <laughs> uh blood rain again came out the same year had a budget of 25 million so increased budget that's nice a worldwide gross of 3.6 million so huge huge downgrade in terms of of how much money it made back so here's a synopsis from imdb in the 18th century, Rain is the half-human, half-vampire Dampier and the lead attraction in a carnival's freak show in Romania. When she escapes, she meets a fortune teller that tells her mother, or that tells that her mother was raped by the king of the vampires, Kagan, and she decides to destroy her father. In her journey for revenge, she meets Vladimir and Sebastian, the leaders of the fortress of vampire hunters Brimstone, and she joins their society. She seeks for powerful talismans to defeat Kagan while she, while the skilled warriors Vladimir and Sebastian train her to face the forces of Kagan, and her human side falls in love with Sebastian. Um, the game was the game that it's based on was released in 2002 so not long before that for the uh, playstation 2 xbox gamecube and play and pc and was developed by terminal terminal reality and published by majesco uh, it's a third person action game um, where blood rain is a half human half vampire she has arm blades uh, she uses the blades and vampire powers to slash and bite her way through vampires um, this synopsis from Wikipedia says the game begins. This is this is why I think this is of, of note. I wasn't going to have a synopsis for the game, but the game story begins in 1933 and consists of three acts. Um, there is a Brimstone Society that seeks to investigate and you know snuff out vampires in the area, um, but the story skips ahead several years from 1933, which the movie does not take place in the 20th century. Um, Rain is sent to infiltrate a Nazi base. That's the game. You're infiltrating a Nazi base where there are zombies. That's the <laughs> third movie, Joey. That's Blood Rain 3. That's, yes, we'll, we <laughs> are not going to watch that one, so we'll have to trust you on that. But, like, so again, I guess the movie is a prequel to that. The game actually didn't have bad ratings. The game on the console versions got 73 to 76 on Metacritic, 65 on PC. So the game wasn't received terribly. I have played the game. I didn't think it was great. Um, 73, 76 may be a little bit generous. I got kind of bored. I never finished it. Um, but I have an interesting note about the writing of it before we open it up and talk about it a little bit. Uh, this is from IMDb. According to screenwriter Guinevere Turner, while she was writing the first draft of the script, she received an angry phone call from director Uva Boll, who swore at her and demanded she hand in a draft of the script. Script. About a week later, she sent in the rough draft of the first script. She was shocked to learn that production was going to commence immediately with the draft, even though traditionally the first draft is always a rough draft that is improved upon in subsequent drafts. If you've looked at other movies, they go through many, many, many drafts. Uh, later on, she was informed that Bull and the actors and actresses had subsequently rewritten much of her script while shooting and that the finished movie barely resembled her script. So 
couple things. Number one, Bull and the actors and actresses. So I think we can get the sense from watching his movies that he doesn't give a shit about script. And a lot of these dumb lines and dumb ideas are probably coming from the Hollywood talent because who is he to tell them no? Like they're doing him a favor by being in his film. The other thing is Turner wrote the screenplay for American Psycho, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, The Notorious Betty Page, and many episodes of The L Word. She also acted in American Psycho and The L Word. Um, so she's a she's an accomplished, successful screenwriter. She gets hired to write this this screenplay. And basically, they just want her name because they take her rough draft of a script and then butcher it. And she's like, that is not that is not my movie. Um, so that's that's how we're going to go into this, realizing that now between Alone in the Dark and Blood Rain, we can see that Uva Bowl is basically just a kind of hit and run, have a concept for a movie and then just go in and do it and do whatever you want. And who cares what comes out the other end? So um, <laughs> also one last little bit of trivia from IMDb. Jessica Alba was originally scheduled to play Rain, but she couldn't or she read the script and was like actually no thanks it's a little bit too bad. i think they said violent but oh. yeah probably <clears throat> that was bad. her being nice um, <laughs> right <laughs> michael madsen was uh usually drunk on set according to uva bowl um makes perfect sense but now don't we do that <laughs> madsen michael madsen said it was a terrible experience but that he would work with Uva Bowl again. Um, Uva Bowl was the one that said, "What? Yeah, no, Uva... I saw that. That's fucking hilarious. This is terrible. Uva... This is the worst experience ever. Five stars. Do it again." Right, and Uva Bowl was the one that was like, "Ah, oh, he was drunk on the set all the time." But guess what? They made another movie together. They made Dungeon Siege together. Oh, so God, like, that's right? They did. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and someone asked Ben Kingsley later. They were like, "Why the fuck would you make this movie? Like, someone of your caliber. Why would you do this?" And he said, "Quote." To be honest, I have always wanted to play a vampire with the teeth and the long black cape. Let's say that my motives were somewhat immature for doing it. Um, and one, Let's say. One last thing is uh, Cristana Loken and Michelle Rodriguez had a relationship around the time of this film and are both openly bi. Hmm. Um, the screenwriter of the film is, I think, queer. I'm not she, sure if she she's is, lesbian. She is open lesbian. I just, I just saw that. Uh, okay. She's done a lot of her work I've looked at as queer. And so it's like there's there was so much queer potential in this movie, and we can talk about how that doesn't come come to pass. But like, <laughs> I feel like you have a movie being written by a lesbian starring two openly bi actresses, and then we get what we got. So let's 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 cut into it. So what what were your thoughts on on Blood Rain? Well, first I need to say that my spouse said I better be getting a shout out in your podcast for watching these. With you. <laughs> She hated Blood Rain. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you, Tirza. <laughs> uh, uh, Go check out Tirza Price at <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. So <laughs> they came out with a new book, Pride and Premeditation. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, after watching all three of these, Andrea and I have come to the agreement that Blood Rain is probably slightly better than the other two. Just, I, I would agree. Just, yeah. in, just like the, it was a little, little more cohesive um than both the other two movies um i'm just gonna actually say against alone in the dark because postal is a completely different thing we'll talk about that uh but i think overall um it was a much it looked better uh as far as a movie um and it just it kind of held a little better there were still 
definitely plenty of plot holes and weird cuts and just bad overall directing, but yeah. Um, and a lot of bad acting. Okay. So first and foremost, why did, uh, Michael Madsen and Matthew Davis not even attempt to do a fucking accent? Even Michelle Rodriguez even tried, like everybody tried to do some sort of accent. They're just still being Michael Madsen, Matthew Davis, like in this like mm-hmm. European, like medieval time, not even trying, just scruff dude from New York, you know, still thinking he's on the set of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, <laughs> it was, there was, it was so, well, the, there was also the, the fortune teller too. Like she didn't even try, like everybody else like gave an attempt to do some sort of accent, even if it wasn't like correct, like geographically, at least it was, you know, something. And there was a lot of slipping in and out of accents, too, where people would start mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh, they, yeah, I guess they kind of sound British. And you're like, nope, nope, I don't know what that is, but that's not British. That, that was what I was saying. Like, Michelle Rodriguez, hers, like, kind of, like, she, like, couldn't, like, stay in, like, one region. She was, like, kind of drift, drifting all over Europe there. Yeah. But, like, again, she at least tried. Um, yeah. Other people did not even give it a go. Um, Tab, what did you think compared to Alone in the Dark? I agree that in some ways it's slightly more cohesive, but I just did not give a shit about the story. Um, and there were a lot of like things that were disconnected. Um, the dialogue was still pretty flat. I mean, at one point, isn't it Rain who says uh, something like, you don't know the meaning of pain? Like, we do. We watch the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the wigs. I was so distracted by the horrible wigs. Billy Zane's was, <laughs> Billy Zane's was the worst. Like, that was the, that's, that's one of my notes, Billy Zane's bad wig, because his was the absolute worst. Like, or Ben Kingsley. His the was wigs. Too. So there was yes. a point in near the end where Ben Kingsley had a wig on, then they cut to him, like, almost in the same scene, and he doesn't have the wig on anymore. Right. And then they cut yeah. back... And he has the wig on again. And I couldn't, I, I had to rewind it. And like, I still was like really confused as to what, go, what was going Like, was it a wig? Like in the movie universe, was it a wig? Or did they just shoot the scene and be like, ah, we're not going to do it again. Yeah. There, I, when you said you were, you rewinded it, I was like, why would you do that to you? You're watching. And then I'm like, I did that a couple times because I couldn't. There were points where I'm like, wait a minute. Did I really just see what I thought I saw? And I would have to rewind. And I was like, why am I? I'm putting myself through an extra two minutes of, of torture. I couldn't. I just was like, nope, we're, we're burning straight through. Yeah. Ahead. You're, like, <laughs> you're like, I have to go to the bathroom. Don't pause it. I'm, I'm gonna... yep, <laughs> I was angry a couple times. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's talk about Ben Kingsley because I was so distracted by his delivery of his lines which were so rushed i was almost convinced someone set him to like 1.5 speed because he would just he was just like bumbling through his lines just really quickly like oh shit what was one of the lines i think i wrote it down somewhere um this is, oh, i didn't write it down yeah Damn this it. is one i did not take any quotes for because there was nothing that like i should have every, every everything was pretty bad i would have basically rewrote the script if i would have taken bad quotes yeah but he his delivery of lines was so like you can tell he was just cashing in like just getting a paycheck no emotion um Mm -hmm. i i feel like more like more like ben princely or ben navely no he's not king he's not kingsley that's that's terrible that's he's not (laughs) 
that's terrible. That's Ben I, Poppersley. <laughs> More like Ben Lazley. Oh, right. There. See, that was ben. better. He was lazy with his lines. There. That no, start with that I, one. there's a royal theme. Kingsley, <laughs> Princely, Navely. And, and, and none of those work, Joey. I'm sorry. They all work. They're all worse than King. He's not a king. He's not Sir. He gives up his his knight, his knight, place knight, in the court. Knighthood. Knighthood. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's what. That's why he's a Sir because he was knighted. Uh, I did. Someone show someone in the the royal family this movie, and did they were they like fuck? See, this is what happens when we don't do our research. Like, <laughs> no, because he was knighted way guys. before that. I think he was knighted after uh, uh, Kingsley was appointed knight bachelor in o two. So this is before. So he, he he maybe got it revoked immediately after this movie. Um, oh, it, he was stripped of his. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> now you're just Ben. <laughs> it the movie tries <laughs> so hard to give this like sense of adventure, but it ends up just feeling so irrelevant. Yeah. Like it does nothing fucking matters. Um and I don't know what you you thought about the fight scenes, but I thought that shit was very poorly staged and yeah, uh, I, uh, terrible choreography. I have listed here because it all seemed like they they were like doing the choreography, like practicing for it in costume and recording that and been like, hey, that's good. We'll use it. Wait, this was just a practice round. No, we we got it recorded. We ran out of film. Sorry, we're good. <laughs> right like the the fight scene with um where blood rain enters the i think the castle or the keep or something and there's a, the the man who is deformed i don't know how to describe him other than like he's he oh the very... like the giant dwarf or like the yeah. the, the giant dude oh, yeah. guard mm-hmm. thing yeah their fight they both looked like you said they were practicing they were very slow and deliberate like he swings his hammer and he's like Watch out! Don't I don't want to hit you. And then, like every strike that they do is a close up. So the camera just keeps close, like super close up of like very many cuts, like that. And that's it. Like that's the whole fight. We don't actually get to see any impressive again, other than like him very slowly swinging his hammer and her very slowly dodging out of the way. It seemed so lazy. Yeah, that's that's a word for it. Uh, speaking of like mm-hmm. the sense of adventure that Tao was mentioning, um, the uh, Andrea pointed out the in the you know, like near the beginning the all know all knowing quest giving fortune teller basically giving the entire synopsis for the movie within the first ten minutes, and, and she's not even reading the cards. She's like, "Let me read mm-hmm. your fortune," and she just plops a card down, doesn't look at it, and just starts telling. She's like, "This is where you're gonna go," and well, you're because gonna do she's this, and it's like because she's all knowing. She doesn't need to. She knows what's already on those cards. Because it's already fate, fucking, need fate the has already fate has already been chosen for Miss Rain, uh, so she knows she, she knows those cards better than these actors know the script apparently. Yes, then, because <laughs> like Billy Zane, he I swear he must have improved every single one of his lines. And he that, was talking like he was from the 20th century, like not even his lack of an accent. It's just he was saying things like oh, I don't remember. Again, I didn't write any fucking quotes. No, down, but he, it was like he was the best part of the movie. In my opinion, Billy Zane was the best part of the movie because I don't think he gave a shit about anything and just <laughs> did whatever he wanted to do because he knew Bull wouldn't tell him no. So he's like, I'm just going to have fun with this and just be an asshole. Same thing as Michael Madsen, though. Like, he he seemed like he was, like, annoyed that he had to be there. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to believe that he really cares and he wants to train her and he, care, he wants to... He didn't. Like, every single scene, he's like... 
Yeah, so I guess we're going to have to train her and do some shit. He was be- but, but even with the training, that reflects the inconsistency because we've seen that she's been able to handle herself and then they're like, we, we could improve See, if you that. if you want to take if you want to go deep and like go into some conspiracy theories the reason the fighting was so bad in the beginning was because she was still learning how to do it and that's why those fight scenes were so bad and that's why the last one that happened is kind of better than the rest of them because she got used to actually <laughs> <Kind> fighting <laughs> but that would and, take and, a and, sense of disbelief that, that there was actually some choreography in this movie there was literally one shot where she like beheaded a dude at the end where I was like, that's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. But it's like, it should be filled with those things. It should like every move she does in that last scene should seem fucking badass. And there was one move where I was like, damn, she, she, she really, she, she knows her shit. Um, so yeah, totally unbelievable in terms of progression. Uh, the booby traps where she walks into that room and all the blades pop, 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 pop out of the fucking, uh, they looked so blurry. Tears of fucking laughed. Yes, it's, it was hilarious. It was like like a Nickelodeon show from the nineties. Like it was so. <laughs> no, it was better. It was it was, so it was it was worse than that. I think for being a, yeah. a an O five film, like you would have imagined Absolutely. that they would have had some better CG to. And that's uh, what. Ge- but, yeah, I think that's what get lost with like younger people is like they would look at that and be like, oh, but that's that's an old movie, and it's like, no, 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 it's not <laughs> as old as you're thinking or like not giving it credit for this is post uh episode one <laughs> this is 12 years after jurassic park go watch jurassic park look at the cg in that movie and then watch watch blood rain um mm-hmm. so i want to talk about the queer representation for a second or lack thereof because again i feel like this movie had so much potential to actually have something even just little background stuff where like two male vampires are doing something but no it's just lesbian fetishism top to bottom Mm -hmm. like there's so many scenes where the female vampires are feeding on each other or a female vampire is feeding on like another female vampire um there's the meatloaf meatloaf meat pile meatloaf meat pile i love that that's actually that's very appropriate those were real prostitutes did you know that i did not know that in imdb one of the little tidbits was uh uva bull said in an interview Prostitutes were cheaper to hire than actresses, so he got real prostitutes. Oh my god, this guy! Yeah. Fuck. So. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I mean, that makes more um, sense now. But but I mean, right there though, like again, that's like actually a perfect example of the objectification that goes on because I don't care about their talent or their ability. I only care about the way they look. I need them to look sexy. That's yep. it. Just need a body, right? And Blood Rain in particular, the character. One of the reasons I bought the original game is because I was like, "Oh my god, a a sexy." Well, okay, you know, sexy is the the bad part of it, but like a female lead. Like, how many female leading characters are there? And like a cool, sexy vampire lady, which we know how how I feel about those. Um, she's not all that tall, but I still want her to step on me. And it's like, it. This movie doesn't really. She's still objectified. She's still. She's. She is sexy in the movie. Kristana Loken, beautiful woman. But in terms of her ability, she's relying on these two men to train her. She has this inherent power or whatever, but she, oh, she doesn't know how to use it. She needs to pull, pull strong men to teach me how to fight with the sword. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and 
and she's still object like it's all about her looks like they keep making such a big deal about how mm-hmm. pretty she is there's this fucking unwarranted sex scene again oh, where did that come from the, the uh as i put it uh all titty no ass because they right showed showed her tits <laughs> like no problem but then like no ass like no we can't show that like make sure we, we tastefully cover that up with this table yeah <laughs> Also, no, seven, no, seven, seven seconds should have been playing in the background of that one, too, because that was very... Again, every, yeah, every scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like, there was no reason for that. Like, you put that in there because you wanted to see this actress nude. You know what I mean? That's the sense mm-hmm. that I got. I'm not, I'm not a cynic in terms of, like, any scene with nudity, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm definitely sex positive, but give us justification that was totally unnecessary that didn't you we didn't need that about her character i should be getting more about her internal struggles with like how she's half human half vampire and we're not getting any of that we're getting look how hot she is why did why why like again they they felt like they needed to be loyal to the character in terms of her her appearance in that she shows cleavage cleavage in midriff who the fuck why why who is showing midriff in Whatever century this is, I don't even know. Well, they also made a um, point, like, at one point, that, like, oh, the seamstress has got you some new clothes and stuff. And it's, like, literally the same outfit, except with sleeves, that she ends up taking off later. Like, right. it just maybe showed more cleavage and more midriff. I don't know. And Andrea honestly yeah. thought when she first saw it, she's like, is that a zipper on the corset? Like, that they don't have zippers. <laughs> uh, but we paused it and looked. It was actually snap or... Uh, oh, some sort of things so they at least got that they at least got that correct (laughs) for a second i thought they they didn't know what they were doing but But if it was a a zipper remember it's just just a movie movie. it's just a movie oh um and then ben kingsley's speech to his troops when he's like trying to rally them oh man that's like the best example i feel like someone should just show that clip anytime everyone's like award-winning ben kingsley just show that clip Come on, let's go. We have to go kill them. Go. Blood. That's that's what they'll put uh, in the Oscars when they do the Emmerich when he dies. It's just that <laughs> clip. <laughs> That'll be great. That'll be perfect. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, um, oh. And when Ben Kingsley stabs Michael Madsen, uh, Madsen barely reacts. This is the second scene where like there's someone getting stabbed and they're acting like. They're not even being tickled. Like, fucking sword goes into him, and Madsen's just standing there making eye contact. And Kingsley's line is like, this is the end of Brimstone. It was so fucking dead and lifeless. And he, like, pulls him toward him. Actually, that's a different scene where someone gets stabbed. Hold on a second. Let me get back up in my notes here. Um, Yes. Okay. So I don't even, I didn't even write down the names because I'm like, I don't remember these characters' names. I'm not going to look them up. I don't give a shit. But the bad guy says, where is she? To he's talking about blood rain to this good guy, and the good guy's like he doesn't answer, he just stands there. So the bad guy stabs him again, no reaction to being fucking stabbed in the gut, and then he slowly, dramatically pull the bad guy slowly, dramatically pulls the good guy toward him on his sword, which again you should be like, nope, still no reaction, and the good guy says, "You fool, that's it. <laughs> what do you you fool what? You fool you what? You stabbed me." Uh, no fucking emotion to it, you fool. Okay, you, you fool. Cool. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, sorry. I'm, no, I'm... you should be sorry, but um, not for this. Um, for making us watch this. That's what you should be sorry for. <laughs> um, and that's how the movie ends. That was that was the 
dumbest fucking way to end that movie. Literally just her yeah. standing, <laughs> sitting in the chair, zooming in on her face. Like, no, no, like, emotion in her whatsoever or anything like that. Just literally just zoom in and then cut to whatever fucking yeah. song. I don't even remember the fucking song on the end of that movie. That was, that was bad. And... I don't even know who to blame for that. I keep wanting to blame Uva Boll because he was the director and he's the one who's like not putting the time and care into the writing or the scripting or the directing. Um, I, I hesitate to blame the actors. I mean, maybe someone again, like Ben Kingsley was just casting a page, cashing a paycheck or Michael Madsen was drunk and didn't give a shit. I felt like the younger actors were trying harder, like Cristiano Loken, Michelle Rodriguez. I felt like they were, looking at this as like an opportunity and the older actors were like, I don't give a shit. I'm just, you know, dead, dead lining my fucking lines, deadlining. What is that? Is that you're, they're cashing a paycheck. They're phoning uh, it in. That, those are the I words that like you're a, looking for. Yes. Those are the, those I are sound, the industry phrases that you want. Right. Yeah. And so part of me is like, I, I feel for the younger actors in this. Cause I think maybe they didn't realize what they were getting into, or maybe they hoped that, they could try and it would elevate or they would try. And then the director would, because a lot of times I've heard actors say that, that like, uh, you know, you act and you do your best, but you don't know how it's going to look. And the director and the editor take what you've done, you've done and like make it into something. So you might think you totally fucked the scene up and the direct, the, through the magic of editing, you watch it and you're like, Oh damn, I actually kind of killed it. Um, and I feel like Uva Bull doesn't know how to do that. So if you don't, nail a scene which they only did a few takes from my understanding um then it's just that's what we run with like who cares you know yeah and like to your point like you know the younger actors and actresses like the well like you were saying about the younger actors and actresses like they um uh you know you like you're saying like yeah they probably think this is going to be a big opportunity because they are they're on screen with you know michael madsen billy zane ben kingsley meatloaf like they're on this movie this big budget movie based on a somewhat popular video game like yeah like this 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 could be really good for us and then then they get this yeah can you imagine being like michelle rodriguez and being like i just you know i think she started resident evil before that which was fairly well received for a video game movie um and i think she was in what she She was in a she was yeah she was and she was also in a surfing movie too that was around that time i can't remember yeah fast and furious was like one of her like that was like her breakout uh right but then like uh i mean i don't know let's see uh, blue crush that was it resident evil and the blue crush and then then like blood rain shortly after that yeah imagine getting like being on that trajectory and then you land a movie with Ben Kingsley and Billy Zane and Chris Donna Logan. You're like, ah, and then, ah, man, what a blow. <laughs> that was her eighth movie at that time. Ah, that's, that's pretty early. Yeah. Pretty early in her career. A few years. Yeah. Um, all right. Any final thoughts on blood rain? Um, I don't, I think I've, I think I've said my piece <laughs> forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm traumatized by the wigs. So that's what I think. So. I give it a three um, out of ten. Three out of ten. Yeah, yeah. If 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 Alone in the Dark is a two, I'd say two point five or three for Blood Rain. <laughs> I agree with that. Kristana Loken as a lead again, 
the occasional scene she did pretty well and like she actually emoted at, you know and then some scenes again i think it was probably just like she thought okay well i'm just running through the lines and then he's like cut we're good and she's like oh wait you know is that i thought that was rehearsal like what it so yeah, I give some some credit to the that, the actors. That was but, her. Uh, that was her f- like third actual feature film. Like she did three movies. Like, the first three movies were all like direct to video. Then Terminator, and then this other movie, and then some short film, and then Blood Rain. That was like her, pretty much her career at that point. Dang. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we got to talk about Postal. Postal. So, just to recap. <laughs> Uh, Alone in the Dark came out in 2005, January. Um, Blood Rain came out in December, January of 2005, 2006. Postal came out in 2007. So again, these are all very quick turnarounds for these movies. Uh, Again, directed by Uva Boll. Starring Zach Ward, Dave Foley, Jackie Tone from Glow, if you've watched Glow. uh, Vern Troyer. So not quite an expansive cast star-studded cast if you want to look up star-studded uh uva bowl cast look up dungeon siege because that is the by far the most star-studded cast he's had but still some notable names um according to imdb the plot synopsis is the story begins with a regular joe who tries desperately to seek employment but embarks on a violent rampage when he teams up with cult leader uncle dave their first act is to heist an amusement park only to learn that the taliban are planning the same heist as well Chaos ensues, and now the postal dude must not only take on terrorists, but political figures as well. Uh, the game that it's based on, Postal for PC, came out in 1997, was developed by Running With Scissors, published by Ripcord Games. The synopsis, according to Wikipedia, is the game follows a man who has been evicted from his home. He believes that the United States Air Force is releasing poison gas in his town, and only he is unaffected. He fights his way to the Air Force base through various areas. During the progress of the game, a voice of the protagonist's head, voiced by Rick Hunter, can be heard taunting his victims. Um, After massacring the Air Force base, he's then shown trying to massacre an elementary school. However, his weapons have no effect. He then has a mental breakdown and wakes up to find himself in a mental asylum, uh, etc., etc. I I don't think I need to go on. I'm I'm going to interject real quick because uh, actually, actually, um, no, the, um, the movie is actually more based on Postal 2, uh, which is a little more of an open-ended uh, uh, version of the game. Uh, it was a first-person shooter that came out in nine, or, sorry, 2003. Um, it basically follows the Postal dude on a uh, week-long adventure of him trying to do mundane tasks, and you can either choose them to be to do them as a complete pacifist or obviously go and be super violent and do a lot of dumb terrible offensive shit so uh there will be a lot of points during this talk that i will be yeah we'll we'll go ahead go ahead continue joey sorry so one of the well i think you bring up a good point though that i was going to mention was like to, to set the scene a little bit one of the points of these games was to be offensive and to be outrageous and to push against a lot of what the developers thought of as like this kind of PC culture. So it was supposed to like shock players. Now I'm not defending it, but that was sort of part of, would you, would you agree with that, Ron? Yeah, no, it was, it was totally just to be about like, you know, being complete edgelords and, you know, yeah. as, as it says, uh, going to the black comedy, which is, you know, sometimes just a loose term for, we just want to be assholes and not yeah. have any uh, repercussions for it. Exactly. And I think, 
you know, we could talk about contextually how that has played out now, um, because I feel like we see that a lot now in incels and alt right, you know, discourse and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, but we'll, we can talk about that later. To finish setting up the movie, the budget was fifteen million, so a little bit of a downgrade. So Alone in the Dark was twenty, Blood Rain was twenty five. The budget for this one was fifteen million, still pretty high. The worldwide gross was one hundred and forty six thousand dollars. I'm gonna bring. I want to. I want to do. I want to do percentages here. I want to see the, the the return percentages. So we have Alone in the Dark. Uh, shit. What was the? Um, I don't. Alone in the Dark was twenty million, and it made. Uh, let me see here. 12.7 million. 12.7 divided by 20. That's not. Uh, that's about 63.5% of the budget it made back. Okay. Not bad. Blood Rain was 25 million with a gross of a worldwide gross of 3.6 million. 3.6 divided by 25. Uh, that's about 14.4% of the budget. Ouch. And then postal was fifteen million and one hundred and forty-six thousand, or round up to one hundred and forty-seven. Yeah, so I need to actually type in fifteen million. Uh, less than one percent of the budget. Uh, just, yeah. just less. It's <laughs> zero zero point nine eight. And both of the other movies, Alone in the Dark and Blood Rain, had pretty poor critical reception. Postal had abysmal critical reception, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes currently, 22% on Metacritic. Um, there was a screening. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the offensiveness. So we'll, we'll just, with a heavy sigh, we'll just open it up. So um, what, what did you guys think of this one? Tab, as someone who has never, have you, have you actually played the Postal games or anything? Have you, are you familiar, no. were you familiar with them at all before this? Loosely, okay, I want to yeah, hear your yeah. opinion first. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So <laughs> I I understand, though, disagree with the idea of like, okay, we're going to do shit just to shock you because I think we've seen how that's played out culturally and that's all, you know, problematic. Um, this movie was the fucking worst. I hated it from the very beginning. The first five minutes. I didn't make it to even five minutes in and I messaged Joey and I was like, why? Why, I, why are we watching I this movie? I completely forgot about the 9-11 cold open. I, yep. that, <laughs> yeah. Terrible, and like, what's, terrible. what's the point of it? it it's, to, you know? it's to set up, it, it's, well, that, it's that, Just, and it's to set up the Al-Qaeda angle of the whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, but like, so they, so for for listeners who haven't seen it it starts out with the two two terrorists on one of the planes that end up flying into the twin towers for the 9-11 attacks in new york and uh there are these two taliban members and they start getting into a disagreement about how many virgins they get because they're excited that they're going to be able to sacrifice themselves um, for this movement because when they go to heaven they're going to get one of the terrorists thinks they're going to get 100 virgins the other one says 99 so they get into an argument and they're like well let's call the big guy quote unquote osama bin laden and he'll clear this up and they call him and he's like uncertain and he's like i'm not really so then they get sort of annoyed and they're like well wait a minute if we're not even sure how many virgins we're going to get let's give up on this idea and we'll we'll turn the plane around and fly the, the they Bahamas, basically qu- I think they say they basically question their religion and like wow, maybe maybe everyone's wrong. Maybe none of this actually exists. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like a, a weird, like, enlightening moment. But like, hey, maybe, you know, 
religion doesn't exist sort of thing but then yeah then you realize like oh wait this is still 9-11 and something bad's gonna happen right yeah the other so the other members of al-qaeda rush into the, the no, cabin not al-qaeda that, no, no it's that the was... uh, passengers of the plane the passengers, the passengers are trying to fight. Oh, okay, They're okay. trying to fight the yeah. uh, fight off the uh, oh, gotcha. terrorist attack, and you know, try to prevent okay. them from doing anything, and then accidentally, inadvertently, crash into the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I think, like you said, conceptually, it's supposed to be a critique of religion, and yet, or like religion Maybe? as as tied to terrorism. But I feel like it sets the tone for the movie really well because they fucking totally bumble it. Number one. You shouldn't be making a fucking 9-11 joke a fucking six right. years after, seven years after 9-11. Um, because it's... And, and, but that's the, the, that the reason I think it sets the tone is because that's it shows that they don't give a fuck. They're not really like, oh, let's concern about like sensitivity and all that stuff. We think we should be able to make whatever jokes we want, whether or not there's a point to them, which in this case, maybe there is a point. Like you said, Ron, there's supposed to be some kind of like social criticism about religion um but it gets completely lost because we're so distracted by how offensive and tasteless and pointless it is like mm-hmm. you could have made that same joke or that same point in another way but you chose to like what's the most offensive thing we can do for me it also just highlighted that bull does not have the skill or the the nuance to actually pull off like satire or being clever and so i think it's so much easier to just be like let's be offensive full speed ahead Mm -hmm. you know um and there's so much in this movie that is just problematic as fuck i mean (laughs) sexist misogynistic homophobic i called that one joey racist islamophobic Mm. i think there's even some you could argue that there's some fat uh Mm. phobia like it's all two 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 bulls defense and that's very loose very loose um not everything is his fault there are plenty of stuff that was in the game prior to him taking uh any sort of directorial uh control but you made the choice to still include those things and not do it even remotely critically so uh. well that's why i almost feel like the other two game the other two movies alone in the dark and blood rain seemed very similar in the sense that they were passable movies like he saw that there was potential in the concepts of these games and he said i can make a movie out of that it doesn't really matter if it's faithful it doesn't really matter if it like does anything interesting or or good i can very easily string together a loose plot that i can film and he's a he's an i don't even i don't know if i want to say it but he's a capable enough filmmaker that he can make it look like what what we recognize as a movie you know what i mean um with this one i feel like he was so upset by all of the criticism that he got from the other movies that he was like what's the worst i can do i can take this movie or this game whose plot doesn't matter because the people what people talk about is the controversy around it and like the fact that you can kill kids and you can kill nuns and kill whatever like uh, there's all this you know offensive religious and um, social stuff and like that's what i'll do that's going to be my big challenge as a director is like i don't really need to worry about plot i'm gonna try to shoehorn it in there but he it felt almost like this was a response to his criticism was like well watch this then you know but also the game doesn't have a plot either like postal 2 is 
uh, it, it has a plot. It is a very loose thing. It, I'm, I'm, when I say like he's literally doing mundane things, like the first day in the game is like you literally have to go to the grocery store and pick up items and make it home. Like that is literally the only thing right. you have to do. You just come across things that hinder you in one way or another. And again, like you could either be very passive and do it sneakily and not kill anybody or you could just go in guns blazing and murder everybody. Um, so he was basically taking a game with no plot and adding a vague attempt of a plot on top of it. Um, that yeah. is why I feel this is his best movie. His, <laughs> because, his he had, best movie. <laughs> because he had such an open, open way to open ended uh, way to go with it. And he t- chose a way, but no, it's, it's a really bad movie. It's so bad. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I, I, it's such a juvenile attempt yes, at a movie, yes, it, though. It, it, extreme. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing, though, is, like, you know, you have some, like, good, like, you have Dave Foley in there. Dave Foley's a great actor. Uh, I totally forgot that you see his hog full full frontal his there. Dick. Uh, <laughs> there, I, yeah. there, my, my note is literally Dave dot 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 Foley's dot 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 dick <laughs> mine is i also so forgot about i forgot about dave foley's hog it's it, it lingers too like it's not just like a quick like oh, yeah. oh peak it's like robe oh, open yeah. and then i'm gonna take a shit yep <laughs> and then poop and there's jokes a, there's a poopy joke poopy joke yep it like poopy. there's there's plenty of poopy um, jokes the satire... a poop joke later on yeah Sorry, and, and plenty of shit jokes as well um no 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 I, I was just gonna say like to go back to your point tab about the satire Satire is hard to do if you're good at it. Satire is such a fine line because, mm-hmm. um, and and Ron and I know this, our sense of humor is very satirical. Like we like to make fun of the people that we don't like by acting like them. But we know that that's not the type of sense of humor you can get away with with like people who aren't close to you because it's so easy to, to if you're not doing it well, which I would argue that when we do it like around each other, we're not doing it well. We're not, it's not really meant, we're like overdoing it on purpose. Um, but we'll make fun of the people like the alt-right, you know, incel type of people by like acting like them. Um, and when you're doing that in a professional way and showing that to an audience, you have to do it in a way that that is convincing and is not necessarily there's there should be no confusion about are you are you praising or criticizing that thing? It should be very clear that you're criticizing it. And in this movie, I couldn't fucking tell like with GTA, I kept thinking of GTA 5 because GTA 5 is very satirical as well. And in both cases, they're satir- they're satirizing seemingly everyone. Um, politically right and left, urban and rural. They're they're satirizing um, the the vegan yoga or yogi um, just like they're satirizing the trailer park trash, quote unquote. Um but GTA does it better. I'm not going to say they do it great because it's still done in a very overt and kind of like juvenile way. Um, probably in part because they didn't want there to be any confusion. They wanted to make sure that people knew that they were criticizing the things that they were criticizing. But in Postal, there's none of even the the nuance that GTA 5 had. There's no care about, well, are people going to think that we're pro-nazi or anti-nazi who cares just throw it in there like it's it seemed like there was very little care given to whether or not people um were on board with it like i feel like you you could be one of those like you can be an alt-right troll and watch this and be like yeah you know what i mean and like not get that it's supposed to be i think satirizing some of the stuff that you like 
I, again, though, but I don't know. It? I can't even. I can't even really say. I'm not that. convinced. I don't know. There's an attempt. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I know. there there was the there was the Nazi uh, German poop joke uh, in there. I don't know if you caught that. It was it's it's it, it was it was a uh, scene gag where when they send the girl Dave's girls in to distract the guards. Uh, one of them has shit all over her face, and I just bumped my mic. That was loud. Uh, she has shit all over her face and chest. So you know, German Nazi poop joke. So I feel there was some satirization well, but there. The, but Not then much. there was like the the Uva Bowl making the meta joke of like, oh, some people say I'm, you know, my movies are funded by Nazi gold. Well, you have to do something with it. And so yeah. it's like he's making a joke about people about this ridiculous claim that his movies are funded by Nazi gold. But by doing that, he's trying to say in the film, in this fictional version of himself, um, that yes, he does use Nazi gold and who cares? Like, like yeah, it's no big deal. And so it's like, yeah. you're, make, you're making the joke to criticize people that think this ridiculous thing. But to do that, you're saying that yes, you do and it's okay. So it's like, I can see someone who is a Nazi th- sympathizer, not to keep throwing that around, but like being like, yeah, like what is wrong with that? Who cares if if something's funded with Nazi gold or like has Nazi backing or anything like that? You know, it just seems so lazy. Or like the protagonist. So the protagonist is he uh, lives in a trailer dude. and a trailer park. Sorry, post. Sorry, yeah, he, po- he has a name, dude. Postal Dude. Postal Dude lives in a trailer park and a trailer and is surrounded by very explicitly, overtly like stereotyped rednecks, right? And like white trash, quote unquote, and yet he's not. He's not one of them. He's an outsider for some reason. Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just there were so many choices like that because, where I was like, or he's every man. He's he is every man. You know that sort of thing. Like anybody could be thrust in that sort of situation. I'm assuming that's probably what it is. Sort of like you can put yourself into that. You know, character. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Am I looking too hard into this? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I think that it just shows that like that's how one of those things that's mishandled is like you want to appeal to someone who might be from that background, a, a, a rural background, a poor, lower class, white, rural background from, you know, trailer park, all that kind of stuff. But so you're trying to appeal to them and say that you're an everyman. So and anyone can or if you're from the city, because this guy sounds like you, he doesn't sound like a, a rural redneck. He sounds and he looks he's dressed in like the collared shirt and all that kind of stuff. So he looks like, you know, like you said, an everyman in the sense that he should be able to appeal to both. But what you're doing then is you're saying, well, if you're from this rural place and you you grew up in a, a trailer and you're surrounded by what you consider like rednecks or whatever, um, that culture is unacceptable. We're going to criticize that culture. That culture sucks. And like also urban culture sucks. So it's like. What about all the people that identify with these cultures who are like proud to be from a trailer park or who are proud to um, work whatever jobs they work or whatever cultures they're criticizing? Um, you're shitting on all of those. So you're you're trying to appeal to someone who doesn't identify with anything, any religion, any culture, any background that you're presenting. So it's like, who the fuck are you trying to appeal to? You know? Like, you're going to offend someone. Like, there's not, there's very few people. There is, let me scroll back up here. 20, 20 something is, edgelords. That's who this appeals to because that's what I was when I first saw this movie and I played the games. So, there's $146,741 worth of people out there <laughs> that you're not, that you're probably not going to offend because that's how much money you made. Everyone else is going to be like, I don't, 
you know, at some point in the movie, I'm angry at you. And like what that's that's like such lazy satire. Like satire in general, you're you're going to make people mad because, again, even if you're like Saturday Night Live is a great example. Like if you're trying to make fun of, let's say, the Republican Party. And so you have a spot on your show where you're satirizing the Republican Party. There are going to be people that who don't maybe hate the Republican Party that are going to watch that and be like, well, OK, maybe it's funny, but I'm kind of offended. Um, so even like at its best, satire can be offensive. Well, like usually, too, when they do that, they also kind of, you know, poke fun at the other side. There have definitely been like bits where they've, you know, attacked, you know, like the Republican side and then, you know, also, you know, will make some jabs at like, you know, the liberal left and all that, too, in the same bit. Yeah. Uh, but usually, like, that's, you know, second fiddle to all that stuff. Right. Uh, they're usually just one-off jokes. Um, yeah, no, there's, it, it, there's, I mean, like, literally the uh, the tagline in it is, um, uh, some comedies go too far, others start there. Like, that's literally on the, 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 the movie poster for uh, right. Postal 2, I think. What is the DVD? I own this on DVD, by the way. Uh, it came with a full <laughs> copy of Postal Two because they just could not give that movie or gave that game away enough. Uh, there's there's a fucking quote on that box too, and I can't remember what it was, but it's like you know something about like we're you know all in it to be controversial sort of stuff. Um, what uh, I, I have to admit that I own Blood Rain and Alone in the Dark on DVD as well. Um, I don't own Postal because that that's where I drew the line, but <laughs> but I but I own the other two. Um, um, what was I just going to say? Um, I do, I do have to say though, um, they were correct on the fact that cops do suck. <laughs> so, ah, <laughs> uh, that cop character. So uh, there's, okay. And also remember too, uh, JK Simmons is in this movie. <laughs> right. Oh, again, Academy Award. Did he win? Mm-hmm. I think he won. Didn't he for, um, I'm gonna fact check this for right that, now. That drum movie. Well, that that was that was after that was after this. No, I know that, that was, but still, he, he was that not he was not yet an Academy Award winning. He does, was just that, that young, and, to me. young and up and coming actor. Uh, Once you win the Academy Award, you are Academy Award winning. That your name, like you, forever gonna. If you win a Pulitzer Prize, you're always gonna be Pulitzer Prize winning author. Uh, you know, Cheryl something or whatever. He's won a know, couple like, supporting actors. Um, I, he, I think he did one for win for um. Fuck, what is the name of that drum movie now? Um, that's a great movie. I love it. Ripes. Um, this is this is riveting fucking podcast yeah. work here. Whiplash. 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 There you go. Yeah. But so, uh, I forgot <laughs> what I was gonna say. I got to. Okay, so this is from IMDb again. Um, according to Uva Bowl. So who knows how fucking true this is. He said that all these big actors, Dave Foley and J.K. Simmons, they their their agents did not want them to be in the movie, but they wanted to be in the movie so bad that they all went around their agents and they agreed to be in the movie. And part of me was like, that's probably bullshit. But then watching what happens to J.K. Simmons in his scene where he gets blown up by the the Taliban guy who runs up with the vest and he like mm-hmm. his face comically smashes against the window and he like slides down and there's all this blood. I was like. That guy had to have known. He he had to have known what he was getting into. I uh, so disappointing. There was there was a quote from some actor. I can't remember which movie was it. Was it? I think it maybe was Alone in the Dark uh, from Christian Slater about like 
working with such a uh, fuck. I gotta find this fucking quote because it's so fucking bad. Um, keep talking while I look here. Well, okay. So I mentioned in Blood Rain and in Alone in the Dark how Uva Bull seems to like to have these like very attractive young female actresses um, following the action in some way. And I feel like Postal is like the pinnacle of that because it's not just one character. It's a whole harem of young, attractive women who are following Uncle Dave around. Um, and he's like grabbing on their boobs and stuff. Again, who know, who fucking knows why? Um, it seemed like this stuff like that, like having just half half dressed women, half dressed sexy women being around reminded me a lot of those like really bad like frat comedies um, that came after American Pie that are terribly made and it really just seemed like a bunch of frat guys got together and were like let's have fun and film it Um, those kinds of comedies where like dumb stuff like that happens where it's like oops my shirt fell off like I felt like a whole like that that was that was like these actors and the director were like let's just have a bunch of naked ladies around for whenever we want to honk their boobs which you know of course that's the dream but like not on film you don't want that to be that's not it's not a hollywood production that's not what the girl song film song is about yeah (laughs) exactly um i do want to mention that uh vern troyer is a terrible terrible actor um no uh, Academy Award nominated Vern Troyer. You, no, wait, he was was he nominated? <laughs> no, he was. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm looking for this quote now. I can't find it. It must have been someone must have realized that someone was watching this movie. Was like, shit, we need to scrub that. Uh, yeah, because I can't find it. It was, but it was something about like working with such a and a director who is like true to his craft or something dumb bullshit like oh, that. Jesus. Yeah, it was really really bad, really bad quote. I wish I could remember who it was. Um, there was so much brown face. Like uh, all the so, Uva Bull again. He like he has no filter. He said ninety percent of the Muslim characters are played by Jewish actors, and so I I imagined that was meant to be some sort of insult to the Taliban. And I felt like a lot of the the Taliban jokes were meant to be like ah stupid Taliban, dumb Taliban, or whatever. But he does this thing where he just conflates Taliban with Muslim, and like mm-hmm. that's that's offensive like that's shitty no no one likes the taliban well obviously you know obviously maybe the taliban likes the taliban i think <laughs> who knows but i mean they, if they're willing to like suicide bomb you know what i mean but like <sighs> um, yeah it, it's like it's like it's it's a it's a good good effort but a very poor execution like you, you missed you missed the point of what you were doing like, well, it, it fed into all of the Islamophobia of the time where yeah. people conflated Taliban with Muslims. Like they were like, oh, all Mu- so if you're a Taliban, you're Muslim. Therefore, all Muslims are Taliban. And it's like, no. And that led to so much yeah. fucking hate and racism against the Muslim community. And the movie does that. The movie never makes a clarification ever to be like, oh, well, not all Muslims are Taliban. You know, they never do that. And yeah. so... I feel like having all of their characters be all of their Muslim characters be in brown face played by Jewish actors, regardless of what kind of weird political statement you're trying to make, it fell flat. And I, I like, I almost want to talk to, you know, I don't know. I I don't know if I do. It would be really depressing to talk to um, a Muslim person who was around at this time, because this film was just like maybe one of the worst, but not, not nearly the only instance of, 
that kind of misrepresentation in media. Well, you probably don't have to worry about it because no one saw it. That's true. So, um, like the what? The what movie? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little um, inside stuff here. Uh, I actually saw this movie during a screening. Um, Oh shit! I won tickets on MySpace. Um, on what? MySpace. Uh, it was a site for social friends. Um, no way. Yeah, it was a social network. Um, very popular at one point. Uh, so yeah, there was whatever like distribution that was putting it out was doing like a a screening free like uh, a screening that you can get tickets for for free like you just like they raffled off tickets and it was at the Gene Siskel Theater downtown so you know kind of a nice you know little small uh screening theater where you know like they would show like a bunch of like little independent films and stuff and I got to go see that movie with my friend Sean and uh Uwe Boll was there and he did a Q&A oh. afterwards and, Did you fight him? Uh, there's a picture of me and him together that I was actually trying to find on my MySpace, uh, but that picture did not get transferred over when they changed their server no. stuff over, and I did not have a chance to go look through my hard drives to go find it. Uh, but, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a time in my life. <laughs> a time. I mean, I can't believe you met him. I, I, I yeah, it was because uh, he was, you know, he did like the little Q and A afterwards, and they did a little like, you know you could go up and talk to him afterwards and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, that movie was dumb, but it was okay. Made me chuckle a couple times. Like, you know, sort of like rough chuckles now looking back at it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it was, a uh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, you know, there's, there's so many points in the movie, like where like it, it had the potential to be like a good dark comedy, but like you guys said, it just, it ever like some of it's just so like heavy handed that it just like falls, it falls flat. Like, it's just like you, you went over the line, like way too far. Like if you had just maybe brought it back, I don't know, like a couple hundred feet, maybe it would have been okay. But, uh, <laughs> you definitely, you definitely overshot. Um, I, I also want to bring up the fact that one of the creepy old men, um, in the, the movie that they show like twice, like the two old guys that are supposed to be like the you know the Muppets like guys in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those is David Huddleston, uh, who is better known as Jeffrey Lebowski in The Big Lebowski. He is the real Jeffrey Lebowski. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I didn't know that. I I, I was going to say I recognize both of them from I think Scorsese films. I want to say they're they're in maybe Casino or something like that. Uh, one or one or both of them. I recognize them from stuff. I just didn't look them up to see that they were one of them's the real Big Lebowski. That's yeah. Like I, I'm like his voice. I'm like his voice sounds really familiar. His face looks kind of familiar, but I just couldn't figure it out. And then I looked. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's that guy. Wow, he did something. <laughs> he needed the money. Yeah, they. There was an. There was also a part that I just I like. Okay, so I think a really good example of how there's no setup and context for some of the jokes and they're just meant to be funny because they're they're offensive or outrageous is like, and maybe Uva Bowl felt like he's doing this to himself so he can say it. But when he has his cameo and he gets on stage, he starts number one. He has that kind of Nazi joke about him accepting Nazi gold. So he's making a joke that maybe he's a Nazi or he's like a Nazi sympathizer. And then he makes a joke that he's a pedophile. He says something like, Oh, I'm starting to get turned on and all these with all these kids around or something. And the host has the reaction of like, are you fucking kidding me? And I think that's supposed to be the funny part. But it's like, there's no context for it. There's no setup. It's just supposed to be, oh, it's so funny that he's openly getting turned on 
there, by children. There might have been some stuff against him. I don't know. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fact check Uwe Boll here and see mm. if there was some like things about that. And then he gets shot in the dick, and he says, "I hate video games." And so, like again, a joke that like he must hate video games because he makes terrible video game movies. And and like, there's a lot of explicit shots of kids uh, getting yep. shot, yep. and like at the end, a baby gets run over for no reason. Like, it's all stuff that's, like, there's no setup. It's supposed to be, like, a visual gag. But you have to give us some context. Like, I'm not going to say that none of that stuff can be funny. Um, that sounds weird to say. But I feel like in the right context, like, having, like, I, I, I'm thinking of, like, the, the Naked Gun movies mm-hmm. um, or Airplane or those kinds of satires. Like, those have a lot of things that are offensive, but they're set up in such a way that it's like, ah, I get why that visual is supposed to be funny because you've given me some kind of context in the story in this one it's like it literally seems like they just sat around a table and someone was like what if we had a baby getting run over and they're like yeah that would be funny yeah that that one was just like like the 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 one with the kids getting shot at at like the the german oh also the german themed uh land park uh or theme park uh little germany i don't know if you caught the sight gag uh but it actually said holland underneath and then germany was put over it as in Germany took oh, over Holland. So th- no. oh you did not see that one? You did not oh, see that one? I yeah. get it. Huh? I get it. Um <laughs> uh the, the 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 kids getting shot one uh still kind of made me chuckle just through the fact that like everyone's firing all these bullets and only the kids are getting hit. That yeah, that one like, was the closest I came to being like, okay. Okay, but yeah, like you said, it's like it uh, with all the other stuff around it. Like it would have been much better if like no adult got shot, but he got you know Bull Bull got shot and Vince Desi got shot. Like you know, a couple other people got shot and killed. But if it was literally yeah. just the kids, like and everyone else was completely unscathed, like maybe it would have been a funnier joke. And it it did set up a semi fun. It's so hard to give anything in this movie credit because it's so terrible and offensive. But like. It did set up a semi-funny joke where the news reporter is surrounded by dead kids and she's like, Vern Troyer has been kidnapped. Like, that's the focus of the story. Yeah. Like, no, it should be all these kids. But you're like, well, Vern Troyer has been kidnapped. The 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 highest celebrity that you could get to make your to uh, both appear in this park and appear in your movie has been has been kidnapped. Um, Fun fact, that was probably supposed to be Gary Coleman because he was also in Postal 2. But uh, died tragically uh, before filming of the movie. No, he oh, wait, according no. to IMDb, anyways, he said he he didn't want to swear. Oh, that's he right, that's right, swear. that's right, that's right. You know, he died after that. That's right, that's right. I thought yeah. he died before it. It would have been probably better if he died before it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right. He didn't want to swear because he went like full uh, born again Christian, I think, mm-hmm. somewhere around that time. Um, the. George George W. Bush actor. When they first showed him, I was like, "Oh, he looks pretty good." Till you real- and then again, till you re- he opens his mouth. Well, but then also you realize when you look at his IMDb page, and it's literally that's all he's ever done is just be a George W. Bush uh, actor. Like I think, like with the when I checked it out, like ten of his like eleven credits were all playing George W. Bush in one yeah movie or another. Um, and then, like, to, to, to kind of cap it off, so Uva Bowl likes to 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 kind of, I don't know if I want to say brag, but say, like, oh, 90% of my of the Taliban actors are Jewish. And then at the very end of the movie, you have this joke where all these conflicting groups that are fighting each other come together. 
And one of them says, well, what can we agree on? Oh, well, we all hate Jews. And everyone is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the postal guy doesn't say no. He says, well, let's let's not worry. About, let's talk about something else. Like he he does deflect, but there's no disagreement. And it's like as one of those 90 percent actors, like, wouldn't you be like, come on, man, like there's no fucking point for. And like, that's one of those areas where I think, again, the humor falls flat because you're, there's no clarification of whether or not you're joking. And again, it's probably supposed to just be offensive and everyone's supposed to be like, ah, ha, ha, like that's, that's the joke is that it's so offensive. But it's like there's if you're watching this and you are um, anti-Semitic, I can see you being like, mm, see, he knows what's up. Yeah, we do all hate Jews. You know what I mean? Like there's no condemnation of that kind of thought or behavior. And I think that that was my big problem was like, I'm I'm fine with offensive comedy if it's clear that it's set satirical and it's clear. And I can imagine the person who would satirizing being angry when they're watching that. And I couldn't do that for this. I couldn't think of the people, you know, it's trying to satirize racists or terrorists or anything watching this and being like, oh, I'm so angry. I like even as even someone in the Taliban, I could see watching this and being like, eh. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't even satirize the people that it's very clearly satirizing well, yeah. to, like well enough to offend them. It's not like it's, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, doing Borat, you know, or something like yeah. that, like where it's like very clearly like he is just, you know, over exaggerating like that type of person. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, he kind of does it better than any of this would have ever done. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? I, I'm talking a lot. Look. I'm someone else. Type I'm, that. <laughs> yeah. Tab, Tab, you have any, you have any other thoughts on this movie? <laughs> My favorite quote was don't be a dick, dick. Oh, <laughs> Jesus <God>. Christ. <laughs> uh, I, and then, well, uh, like you said, the home of, okay, sorry, go ahead. I'm, oh, no, I, I, uh, every time someone uh, says no, something, the, I'm like, I think of a scene and I'm like, that fucking sucks. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. The, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. The whole thing was just garbage. Like this was, this might be the worst movie that I've ever seen. I've seen yeah. some. I've seen some pretty bad films. I don't know if I'd put it up there, but it it's it definitely doesn't hold up to uh, what I thought about it. And I had pretty. I had. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say right now. I had low expectations going into it when I originally saw it, just because like I knew what the game was and I'm like ha, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. dumb, you know, fucking edge lord bullshit. Uh, I wouldn't have paid to go see it. Like I'm glad I won the tickets to go see it. I did buy it on. Uh, DVD for like five dollars on Amazon because it was cheap, uh, and I think I because I had originally lost my copy of the game or something like that. It came with it. I'm like, ah, I'll just get it this way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that yeah, no, that movie doesn't doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't hold up the minute it came out. Like it came out and it was like it, it's not even like Blazing Man. Saddles satirical. Like you know right. like that's a movie that's still like you could watch today and be like you know get some you know weird laughs out of it but you know it's still like you know it's definitely poking fun at stuff and like they have no qualms about you know taking any you know shots at any or like taking shots that they wouldn't take back themselves sort of thing so this movie doesn't it doesn't have that tact that those types of movies did um yeah what a great what a great way to end this podcast joey 
Yeah. Yeah. We, I feel like we should have started. We should have started with this one. So then we would have actually gotten to Alone in the Dark and been like, actually, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, because that, that's still that Look that's the still growth. the number two movie. So. Oh, that's true. So yeah, how 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 would we rate Wolverine. this out of Alone in the Dark to ten? <laughs> If Alone in the Dark is a 10. No, Alone in the Dark 210. Oh, 210. Oh. Um, even more Alone in the Dark. <laughs> Actually in the Dark. Alone in the Abyss. Um, yeah, I... And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not even a very exaggerative person. I'm incredibly forgiving when it comes to movies. Like, Tab, like, we've watched plenty of movies together and like mm-hmm. with our friends like Amy and Russell and like I'm usually the most positive like people will be like eh, I didn't like yeah. it or it's, and I'm like well like I can see some good stuff in there and this like I it's just irredeemable there's, there's like like uh, I yeah there's, there's like there's like a handful of like really rough chuckles but then like that's it like there was like you know and it was like a low hanging fruit like punchline you know it's not even like it was like well set up or anything it was literally yeah just like, I mean that was a shock joke and like ha, oh yeah okay no, that's not that great sort of thing I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm straight, but the most exciting really? thing about this movie was seeing Dave Foley's dick, like that. <laughs> that that's <laughs> it's 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 I I totally I totally forgot about that when I saw that in the theater, yeah. and then like I'm like, see, I'm like, that's right, yeah, that's in there. Yeah, I don't know if I would say it made the movie worth watching, but it's like <laughs> that like was the most notable thing where I was like, <gasps> am I like blood pumped a little bit? I'm like, oh, oh, something something happened. I'm sure you could find um, that on Mr. Skin if you really want to not have to watch the whole movie and just want to see that part. Beat you to it and beat myself to it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I okay. So let's. Any last thoughts about let's the over overview of Uva Bowl. Um, I think trash. Yeah, I think. Well, the thing the thing is again, ending on Postal is an interesting note because it doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing at all. With Alone in the Dark and Blood Rain, I felt like again, like he he has seen a lot of film. I think it would be fun and interesting to watch a movie with him because I think he would be able to recognize this is a good shot, this is a bad shot. But I think it shows that just the recognition of that doesn't translate mm-hmm. to the execution. I think of myself. I've studied film. I watch a lot of movies. I can recognize when a scene is good. I can explain what makes that scene a good scene. Can I execute that? Probably not. Cause a lot more goes into that than it seems like it's not just here's where we should put the camera. Here's how the lighting should be. There's so much more that goes into making movies. Um, and so I feel like Uva Bull probably knows film pretty well and he can understand it, but he's so intent on, I don't know if it's making money or if it's just making movies or what, but he just rushes things. He has no fucking, he probably has more reverence for the filmmaking than the storytelling. And the problem is movies are visual stories. So like, that's a huge part of it. And like postal again, I feel like he just threw all that out the window and was like, well, who cares about all that? I'm not even going to really make an attempt. So I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to give him credit here, but it's not working. Cause he's, he, you know, he doesn't deserve credit. He showed his work. <laughs> he yeah. apparently yeah. did two sequels to the movie Rampage. Like not the not hmm. the you know uh, not, the not the midway game, but like Rampage, like the the one man army uh, action movie. I think it was originally Korean. No. Uh, oh no, he did. Oh no, he did do Rampage. I thought Rampage did good. What am I thinking of? Is that a different movie? Are you thinking of the new Rampage? No, the there was like a there was like a like a Korean movie that was sort of 
I thought the same premise, but maybe not. But it also has like that uh, Michael Perry uh, in it as well that he likes to mm. use in all his movies. Never mind. I can't remember the name of this fucking movie. But he's done. He's apparently working on another sequel and he's also working on uh, another movie called Deutschland in Winter. That's, part, part see, that one. sounds like a... a oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's done three in the Name of the King movies. Oh, come on. That well, We should have watched that one. It was so bad. We, we can. We could just do a bunch no. of offshoots mm-hmm. of just watch... We could just watch one Uwe Boll movie and do a, a, a synopsis podcast on it. I mean, this is we're already over two hours, so if we did another... We were only watching one movie. I'm no, no, no. We're, no, I'm saying like we watch one movie at a time and then talk yeah. talk in depth about it and bring up clips and all that stuff and do a, <laughs> a well-thought-out... Sin- no. <laughs> oh, God. The most comprehensive Uva Bull podcast on the internet. Um, okay, any, any final thoughts about this guy and his movies? Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. I like it. Yeah. Ron, where can people find you? Um, in the trash. Um, <laughs> with this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Big Bad Ron. Uh, I'm more active on Instagram, at not Big Bad Ron. Um, and, yeah, you just find me it's there. Just You don't have to. It's just mostly pictures of my cats and food right now. <laughs> so... You're really selling it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a, a I'm great. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Postal. No one wants to follow me. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's true. People were really on board. They were like, "Damn, where can I find this guy?" And I'm, then we got to that movie. Yeah. And they're like, "You know what? Never mm, mind. Actually, yeah. I'm just gonna." I get that a lot. <laughs> Andrea, Andrea is questioning the marriage now. <laughs> she was sliding her ring off during the movie. She's like, mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't worn a ring in a long time, so you know, it's it's oh, it was only a matter go. of time. <laughs> um, she also well, thank he, you for joining us. Uh, I also have to mention she hates you for making her sit through that as well. She sent me a couple of texts that that that, that indicated as such, but uh, so thank you for joining us and for watching the movies. Thank Andrea for sticking by you. Thank Tirza for watching them with Tab. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was a good idea at the time. It seemed, I thought I literally like this is legitimately when I said it. I was like, this is going to be so fun because they're so bad. I feel like if we were all together watching them, it might have been fun because we would have been able to make fun of them. Yeah, like you we would, did with Far Cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like being yeah being a part and by watching yourself. them. Yeah, and like especially like Postal. Like you can't. Yeah. Like that's that's a that's a hard movie to go back and watch, and that's yeah, that's not even that old. <laughs> and I, and I feel like when you watch it with someone, it's it's fun to you want to pay attention because you want to make jokes, you want to point out like, oh look how stupid that was. When mm-hmm. I'm watching it by myself and taking notes, I'm like, it felt like like the worst kind of work. You know what I mean? It was like I can't. I want to go get. I want to go start making dinner and just let the movie run. <laughs> but I, I I feel like I have to be able to talk about it. I can't just miss twenty or thirty minutes of it. But I wanted to so bad. So if we do if we do again anything like this, I feel like we should do a shared like do a Zoom call or something and watch it because or we could actually get together know. in person because that's like kind of kosher. That's now. a thing now. So you that's, know, we're all vaccinated. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So we can we can get together and make a bad decision as one. Yeah, <laughs> make a drinking game out of it. Three shots for the mandatory sex scene that we're gonna see. Um, one shot for every. Academy Award nominated actor. Oh, God. Every time they're on screen. <laughs> um, okay. 
So yes, thank and, you everyone for podcast. listening. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I don't even have the energy to do that. I was like, I should come up with an idea for what we're going to talk Thanks about. Thanks for week. listening. This is the Pretty Pixels podcast. I'm your guest host, Ron. I'd like to thank Joey and Tablin for having me on. <laughs> uh, you can find Joey at Lost for Man on Twitter and Tab at I can't remember Random See, Mox. Oh, random nice Mox, job. right? Random wow, Mox. Random wow. Mox. Yep, I couldn't remember yep. if it was the Random Mox or Random Mox. I'm sorry. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. This is where the outro music is going. And this is where we all say, (laughs) bye. Bye. Bye.